Hi guys, welcome back to episode 10 of the Tom and Rory talk show and I'm joined by Tom over the phone. So, Tom. And we have a very very special guest today, don't we, Rory? We have one of the the most highly anticipated guests (laughs) on this podcast of all time. One of... Possibly well, the most name drop man on the podcast is, and he's going to introduce himself. Well, yeah, I'm Daniel Taze. <laughs> <laughs> Due to my controversial opinions, I'm guessing you guys don't like some of my opinions, but yeah. that's his. Well, I like, I like. Yeah, we, we discuss yeah. a lot of your opinions on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like, I like Daniel Taze's opinions. It's more King Kane Ten's opinions that I disagree oh. <laughs> with. Get out of the Twitter, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got. Uh, Daniel Taze on today because he is one of the most knowledgeable Tottenham fans and the subject of the first part of today's podcast we're going to be discussing Tottenham and for the second half we're going to be discussing Arsenal and whilst we have one Arsenal fan already in Thomas Mangan we are also we are also going to bring another one in later in the episode we'll we'll reveal that when he joins so we'll we'll leave we'll leave that up to surprise you're not going to be disappointed and i just want to say before before we get into it i am sorry james ridden that we didn't have you on (laughs) so when it comes to tottenham daniel do you want to give us a quick i guess a brief overview of your opinion on tottenham um did you want poch to go what do you think of Mourinho so far favorite players stuff like that just a quick overview i guess yeah well, it's been like a truly bizarre season, to be honest. Like everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> starting with uh, with Poch. Yeah. When the news broke that Poch got sacked, I was heartbroken, in mm-hmm. tears, basically. I really didn't want him to go. He was after what he did for us over the past five years. It was really heartbreaking. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Even though the performances were really poor and we it didn't look like it was getting any better. But just the emotional attachment with Pochettino, what he's done, the Champions League run, everything, like I was so heart I was just heartbroken. Yeah. So Daniel, when um when Mourinho when Mourinho was brought in, what was your initial reaction to that? Was Mourinho like one of your top choices or well, did you have like a preference? I, w- I wanted um I wanted Nagelsmann. Yeah, I remember. At tw- I remember on Twitter at the time. <laughs> but that, that was never going to happen. So yeah. I thought Mourinho. The talk around Mourinho was he's going to come in. He's going to win some trophies. He's because that's that was the whole um, thing that let Poch down. He he wasn't a trophy winner. Yeah. Mourinho was supposed to come in with this winning mentality, no nonsense, just do anything to get a trophy, and that's what a lot of the Tottenham fans wanted. Me personally, I want to see attractive football. I want to see champagne football. Yeah, champagne football. <laughs> um, just yeah, I don't want to see park the bus. I don't want to mm-hmm. see just defensive football. I think when we're watching yeah. like Tottenham this season, it feels like Mourinho's Mourinho relies a lot on individual players rather than like a system. Like it's yeah. completely completely different to Nagelsmann, where Nagelsmann's got a system and it's sort of like you can bring players in and out and it's not too different. But when you see Mourinho play, especially at the start, you're sort of relying on Deli Ali yeah. and Harry Kane. And when you obviously can't always rely on that. I think that's why Mourinho's sort of been left behind by the top managers these days. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, 
I don't see any system where that Mourinho is playing. Like he's one game he's trying to park the bus, but one game it's it's there's no pattern, there's no fluidity. It's yeah. all just go with the flow. It's a freestyle, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm saying I want to see like patterns of play. I want to see structure to the to the um to the systems. There's no like Mourinho's not he's not showing me what what he can do. Like yeah, I mean. I think I think with with Pochettino, um, what I was saying to a lot of people when Poch left was that it was Poch's time to go, but like I didn't want him to get I didn't want him to get sacked. And I think with Tottenham is the the thing the thing with Tottenham is the if if you if you look back in ten years, yeah, and say Mourinho wins in a League Cup or an FA Cup or whatever, if you look back in ten years, you're going to look back at the team that made the Champions League final, not the team that won the FA Cup. And I think Poch created a legacy of really good football and a very competitive team. But the problem was they lacked a winner mentality because they didn't have any real winners. They didn't have experienced players, I think, in the squad. The squad grew with Poch while Poch grew as a manager. And I think ultimately they needed someone to take them to the next level in terms of winning things. But I was quite critical of Mourinho when he was appointed and Tom disagreed with me at the time. Um, At the time, I did, but yeah. I think it's become evident that mm-hmm. Mourinho is not the man anymore. I think with with this return, I think the break has done Tottenham a lot of good because I think when Kane Kane will be back, Son's back, Bergwin's back, like yeah. they've kind of got and obviously end on Bele, you know, THFC Ruben and everybody on football Twitter <laughs> has been telling every has been telling me about how good end on Bele is going to be and. I think there's I think there's hope, but I think I agree with you in the sense that I have no idea what Mourinho is going to do. Like, what's the system? Is it going to be a two? Is it going to be a three? Where's Dell going to play? Um, like, I just I was thinking about it even in the shower this morning. I was thinking about you know how Tottenham could set up, and I think I think I've seen a lot of people saying Lacelso should maybe be playing in higher up the pitch and everything. And I want to get your take on it, but for me it would be like Dell. You've got to put Dell in a role that he can do to his best because if you yeah. unlock Delhi, I think Delhi is Delhi Ali is one of the most underrated players in English football in terms of potential. Like when you unlock, people are always talking about unlocking Pogba. Yeah, like for years it was all about freeing Pogba of the shackles, and you know, you know what I'm talking about, Tom. Delhi Ali. Yeah, but unlock <laughs> unlock Delhi Ali. He has the potential to be one of the best. In Premier League history. Yeah. I'm not even gonna, I, I, like, I, if you look at the stats. Yeah. He's got more. He's got more goals. Mm-hmm. He's, no, he's, he's reached fifty goals quicker than Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard. Paul Scholes. Yeah. It, ridiculous his his numbers, mm-hmm. and it's just all about getting the best out of Deli Ali. And yeah. the problem I see with Deli Ali is that I feel like Deli Ali is not a player that fits into the top systems anymore. Because you he's see, a, like the, the the number ten role's been left behind. Does Deli Ali play in a midfield three? I don't think you get the best out. Of it. I think you get get the best out of Deli Ali when he's making runs beyond the striker. You like you Shadow, said, he's, yeah. he investi- he's a space investigator, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, does Deli Ali have a role in modern football now? Or is he well, versatile enough to play in a midfield three? I think that, I'd say, yeah. he, I'd say he's a problem player. That's what I call a problem player. Yeah. A bit specific systems. A luxury player. Yeah. Like Meza Ozil <laughs> at Arsenal for, for a long time. <laughs> yeah. You have to build a specific like formation around Deli Ali to fit his traits and his um yeah he's the kind of yeah 
Yeah, he's the kind of player that you'd want you you build the team around him to get the best out of him. But I think a lot of a lot of Tottenham fans, a lot of especially, but a lot of fans like maybe England fans and just fans of the Premier League, I think they've lost faith in Deli Ali. I don't think they think he's the same player. And I think the harsh thing is, I think even when Mourinho came in, me and me and DT, I think we were both really excited because Del looked like he was back. And yeah. I've been a long time. I've been a long time fan of Deli Ali. Daniel knows that. You know, I've actually I really really rate Ali like extremely highly. And you know, I've I I, I kind of stood up for him for a long time when he was playing kind of shit. Um, but you know, you still knew that he he had it in him. But even I'm kind of losing patience. But I think it's more the way that he's been used instead of him himself not playing well, like being played out of position. But at the same time, it's like top, top players, I think, can adapt to playing in different systems. Do you know what I mean? Like they have that kind of versatility. The problem Mourinho is going to have is, in my opinion, is that obviously if he wants to build a team around Dele Alli, that's fine. You can do that. You can create a system which sort of goes towards Dele Alli's attributes and stuff. But I don't feel like you can get the best out of Endombele, Lo Celso and Dele Alli in one system. Yeah, I agree. And Rory had a take last week where he said you can't have Endombele and Lo Celso in the same team. I think you can do that, but I don't think you can have Endombele, Lo Celso and Deli Ali in the same team. Mm-hmm. So do you think Mourinho should build his team around Deli Ali, making that sort of player goal scorer midfielder, or do you think he should think about Endombele and Lo Celso? Because I think he's well, he is actually quite high on Endombele as a player, but he's also high on Deli Ali. Yeah, like Jose definitely rates Deli Ali very highly. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Man City, you look at Liverpool, they're gearing towards the four-three-three, and that's what's the that's the information at the moment and if you look at Lachelso and Endombele would be perfect as three eights in the in the four three three. Yeah. And I see that as the most effective formation mm-hmm. currently. So I say we just go with the four three three, play Endombele, play Lachelso as three eight so they can create and play a get a DM, which mm-hmm. we'll get onto later. Yeah. And I'd say maybe you'd have to think about selling Deli Ali. I'm, I'm going to say it. Wow. <laughs> think about what Ru- what would Deli. what would Ruben yeah. say? What would Del Stroyer say? What would what would the biggest Deli Ali stands on Twitter? I love Deli as a player. Yeah. But I'm thinking about the bigger picture here. Yeah. I I I yeah. I appreciate yeah. right. a lot of money for mm-hmm. Deli still. Yeah. You can reinvest it into the mm-hmm. squad and. I just see the four-three-three as the best way to go because you see Liverpool and Man- Manchester City, they how they're using the four-three-three. Yes, it's really effective. Mm-hmm. So I'd say we just copy the model. Yeah. And yeah. But do do you think Mourinho will want to play a four-three-three? That's the problem. I yeah. don't think I don't think Mourinho wants to play a four-three-three. See, I see Mourinho. Yeah, if I'm being honest, like right now. I've seen all this end on ballet talk, and I just don't know whether I don't know whether to believe it. Like, do you, you know, I think everyone we can all admit that anything that is said in the press about players talking about managers is is hard to believe. It's you have to take it with a pinch of salt. But I could see Mourinho coming back, playing something like a four-two-three-one with Dyer beside Endombele or something like that. Someone who can screen and protect. <laughs> like Daniel Tate is not happy with that one. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> Mate, Eric Diarrhea running his shit <laughs> expressions. No, but I'd say that that's the mold that Mourinho wants. He yeah. wants the defensive 
yeah. cover mm-hmm. the defensive screen in front of the defence yeah. and then an end on belly type that can transition through yeah. the midfield. So, Daniel, what do you think are the biggest problem areas in your squad? Though? Yeah. For me, I look at your whole back four and to be honest, you could, yeah. do, with a whole, you could do with a whole new back four. We literally, and we laughed at your back four. Like, yeah. Last week, we literally spent about five minutes laughing at Tottenham's back four. Like, <laughs> it's truly awful at the moment. Yeah. But, I'm, yeah, I've got a few um, candidates that could improve our yeah. defence. But Let's, the defence at the yeah. moment, I'm saying Aurier needs to get out. Because yeah. he's a liability at the back. He can't defend. He's More got a decent cross on him. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, yeah, but he's a liability. We can't rely on Aurier for a full season. He's just brain dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would I yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair yeah. description of the guy. Um getting Max Aaron's from Norwich. Yeah. All right. It looks like we played um a friendly against Norwich that we actually lost. Yeah, I saw and, that. Yeah, is getting pretty. He's really bulked up and looks like he's quite physical at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'd give a I'd give Max Aaron's a go. I think something yeah, as I well with Max Aaron. I'm going to have when they're trying to recruit this day. Is that obviously Tottenham have tried to use the furlough scheme before, getting absolutely hammered by everyone under the yeah. sun, and they reversed that decision. But obviously, if Tottenham are looking to do the furlough scheme, do you think that means they're not going to try and spend money on players? But also, if they're trying to do the furlough scheme, does that is that going to make the players feel like, oh, they're not willing to spend money on us, but they're willing to spend money on a fifty million pound new centre back? And does that cause like discontent within the squad? I don't know. What do you think of that? Um, I think that. They want to. Um, they want to. Um, we don't have a lot. We don't have a budget basically this summer. Yeah. We're going like we're going to go for all the frees. I think it's Daniel Levy. That's the problem. I know Daniel like, Levy. If Levy can save money, I think he's going to save money. Like I think yeah. that's that's. No, we're not spending any money this mm-hmm. summer. Like. I think Tottenham is. It's going to be like. It, I think there'll be a couple of guys that will get. I think you're going to have to get rid of players before you bring in players. Um, I think one of oh, I've that, that's all right. We'll keep going. I I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with Tottenham and I think with Levy, I just I worry about Tottenham because I don't know where they're gonna fund this new squad and the fact that they've given new contracts to people like Alderweireld. Like I just didn't I did not understand that decision whatsoever. Um, but if we jump into if we're talking about the back line, so who would you keep out of the back line? We've already said Aurier's got to go. But you kind of have a few centre backs that sometimes I even forget. Play, like I even forget Juan Foyth sometimes. Like do you know, what I mean, Foyth, I'm telling you, keep Juan Foyth. Please don't get rid of Juan Foyth. Yeah, he's going to be such a great centre back, and I don't. Mourinho, he doesn't see it. <laughs> Juan Foyth is too much of a a hothead. He's he, he brings the ball out the back. He, yeah, he, do, <laughs> he takes risks, and Mourinho doesn't like risks. What about what about Foyth as a right back? Because I've seen. Foyth I've, as a right back. Yeah. I'd like to explore that yeah. um, option. Mm-hmm. There's been talk of Foyth as a DM. Foyth I don't. As a right yeah. Back. Mm-hmm. I'd say, he's played right back for Argentina and mm-hmm. he's played very well there. Yeah, he did that and thing. He he messed up Coutinho with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was naughty. So, because I would say for Tottenham, I'd say full backs is the priority. But then I think at the same time, you have to work with what you've got if we're yeah. working on limited funds. So I would be like, I would be going, Ryan Sessegnon, we have to use you as a left back. Like, we yeah, need Ryan you. Sessegnon. 
I think Ryan Sessegnon has to, you just have to say, look, for a season, we're going to play this guy at left back. We're going to give him a chance. And if it doesn't work, we can rotate like Ben Davis in, but even Ben Davis. Ben is, Davis is a solid option. I think Ben Davis is, is an okay fullback option. He'll do, a, he'll, do, he'll do a job there. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ben Davis and Session, you've not got bad options. I think Ben Davis can sort of do that job for a few years before Session is actually ready to play fullback full time for a club the calibre that Spurs want to be at in a few years' time. Yeah. I don't think left back's a priority. I think centre back. Yeah. Yeah. But we need to get rid of the Tongan. Mm-hmm. He's out of contract in the summer. Yeah. Alderweireld is not the same player he was two years ago. Um, what do you think of Davinson Sanchez? Um, I think Davinson Sanchez can be a player that partners someone good. Because when you play him without someone good, you kind of see his flaws. Like when he first burst on the scene and you play him with either Vertonga or Alvaro, when they were at their peak, like Davinson Sanchez looked really good. He was quick, he was strong, he was athletic. He's everything you'd want in a centre back. But then when you look at um, him playing in the last couple of seasons when Vertonga and Alvaro have sort of tailed off a little bit. He's really not as good. I think you need to bring in someone with Damson Sanchez. And obviously you've got players like Tanganga and Fan Foy, who are also coming through in that position. I think just bring on one centre-back, which can be really good now. But I'm not sure who would that be. Who would you go for? Um, well, I was looking at... I think you've talked about him on previous episodes, but Malong Saar... Yeah. Yes. Left-footed, 21-year-old centre-back. He's... He's a free, so that would obviously benefit Tottenham. Yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna suggest Malang Sar for Arsenal. Yeah, if you, and I think if you've got if you've got Alderweireld going out, and you, I mean Vertonghen going out, sorry, yeah, you can bring in Vitton. you can bring in but you can bring in Malang Sar and give him what Vertonghen was earning, or give him a bit less or whatever. But it's just a straight it's a straight swap. I think it would make sense. But you know, I've seen I've seen Tottenham being linked with Zuma, um, which I think would be. The wrong signing, especially if you want him to pair with Davinson Sanchez, because I just they're think similar players. yeah, they're two. They need they need a composed partner beside them. Yeah. What about terrific Tanganga? Tanganga, I do like Tanganga. Yeah. He's, I think he's not ready yet mm-hmm. to become a starting centre back. You still have to integrate him into the squad. Yeah, I would what agree. Would, you do with Tanganga? would you send him out on loan to like maybe a Championship club or a Bundesliga club? Or would you sort of keep him in the squad, playing Car- Carabao Cup, FA Cup, early rounds, every so often in the Premier League? I uh, yeah, what the second option? I'd say he yeah. he doesn't have to go out on loan because he's he's already twenty one years old, so he's not a fully fledged youngster. Yeah, he's he needs proper game time, but I so he can do a job as a backup. So yeah, he's like he's like Eddie and Ketia. They're both they're both getting a bit older now. They've got to start proving themselves. Like twenty one. Is... Listen, everyone, everyone develops in their own time. <laughs> Ian Wright was playing. <laughs> Ian Wright was playing non-league football till twenty-one. So we'll we'll exactly. we'll, we'll just say league. yeah. But <laughs> I think I think um with I would agree with Tanga. I keep I think keep Tanganga in and around the squad. Um, and he's kind of thrived at playing in you know playing a bit part role this season in terms of coming in in certain games. Like he was brilliant against Liverpool, but. You saw even still again in the Liverpool game, which was his debut. You saw the fault when I think he let go. He let Firmino spin him, or it might have been Mane. I can't quite remember. It was Firmino, it was Firmino yeah. But he kind of let him go. But apart from that, he had a great game. But it's like if you play young guys who don't have that experience, they're gonna make those kind of mistakes. Especially um, against like really experienced forwards like Firmino, some yeah. stuff like that. They'll just yeah. exploit that. Mm-hmm. And what I think what Wenger what Wenger said. 
um, a couple weeks ago. I saw this interview with Arsene Wenger and it was really true. It's about if you kind of play, if you're playing like a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, um, you, the sacrifice you're making is you're hoping that he will improve, but you know he's going to cost you a certain amount of points and it's whether it's worth losing a certain amount of points for in future seasons you to be better. And it is kind of that kind of it is is a difficult um, it's a difficult compromise to make, and especially for somebody like Mourinho, who is very points driven and kind of title driven, and not really about looking to the future. He's about looking to the next one to two years. Yeah, yeah, Daniel, what do you expect from like the rest of the season? Like, obviously, Spurs they're not having a great season. Where are you eight from the league? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, do you think, uh, so what do you think, especially for the first game back against Man United, what do you hope to see, what do you expect to see? And for the rest of the season, what sort of fixtures does Tottenham have coming up and where do you expect to finish the season? Well, I expect to win against United because of the atrocious performance of what happened at Old Trafford um, before Christmas. We need to win, we need to stake a claim. Mourinho can't be beaten by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer twice in a season. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but yeah. yeah I do expect to win yeah I'm not sure what state United will be in I know that they've got Pogba coming back oh, apparently Pogba apparently Pogba might be sidelined I saw on United stand this morning that he yeah. might miss yeah, the same, game same. yeah um, I think the thing is, I actually yeah. expect Tottenham to win that game as well and I think that might be unpopular but I think Man United they were sort of gathering momentum towards um, the end of the lockdown they were gathering a lot of momentum with Bruno coming in and I think they've lost that momentum now. And especially if, if Man United lose that first game, we all know what Man United fans are like. They'll go mad. And yeah. when they go on a bad run, they, it's thinking run. Like, it's awful. And Rashford, I think also Rashford is quite a big confidence player where you give him a run of games and he's like sort of <laughs> bagging goals. He's not getting criticised. Don't he's bring up Marcus Rashford. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> Marcus Rashford. Without the momentum behind him, we won't want to go on about him too long. Yeah. Without momentum behind Rashford, I don't think he'll be quite as good. I actually think Tottenham will win that game as well. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. would disagree with that. I I would say, I I think I I'm expecting a draw or I don't know because I I don't think United are that good, and I think a lot of their fans have convinced themselves during lockdown that they are actually really good, and I really don't think they're that they I don't think they're that good, but. At the same time, United have been really good against the top six this season, or against yeah, the true. against the supposed top six. And their their place. The only thing is though, their play style, which is to kind of sit back and let teams dictate the play and bring the game to them, especially away from home, where they can hit teams on the counter with the pace merchants like Dan James and kind of, you know, the flair merchants like Martial, like. It, it their their squad is like so centered around playing on the break, but with Bruno they've kind of been able to control games a bit more. But I think the game against Tottenham, especially against the Mourinho team, is such a difficult approach for United. Um, and I just I but I think all the games are going to be really hard to call because you never know how teams are going to come back from lockdown. Um, yeah. And I just think I think it's a difficult one. I think with regards to next season, Tottenham need. Tottenham need reinforcements and I think they need a DM more than anything because DM is kind of pivotal to unlocking everything else now who would you be looking for in terms of defensive midfield Daniel well we've been linked to Hoiberg of Southampton yeah, yeah I'd say that that would be a solid solid option to go for he's 
got the most recoveries in the Premier League. Yeah. He, I think he'd do a decent job at screening the back line and just letting Ndombele, Giovanni <laughs> Lasso express themselves. But yeah, I Southampton say they want thirty five million. They're not gonna get thirty five million. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they should. You should. What's it? It'll be like it'll be like five million plus. You know, Carl Walker Peters on loan for another season. Oh, yeah. We need to use Carl Walker Peters. Yeah, KWP. I think he's been kind of forgotten about. Um, he's rubbish. He's not that bad. Tom, have you got? Tom, have you got any suggestions for defensive midfield? Yeah. Um, I think Hoiberg's a good option. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know to be honest. Because I've got, I've got, a, think, yeah, I've got a little bit outside of the box. Is really their priority because yeah. obviously they've got Dyer and Winks who aren't fantastic players, but they can sort of do a job. <laughs> I think the back four is a much bigger priority, and obviously you, Daniel, you've got a lot of faith in Oliver Skip. So if you <laughs> want to give like to progress Skip a lot, then um, you're going to give Skip a lot of minutes as well. I don't, I haven't really watched him much, but I know you've got a lot of faith in him, and a lot of stars have quite high hopes for Oliver Skip. Well, I think that Skip, he needs more game time. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I say that one of the things that he needs to work on is special, specialising as a six. He needs to stop being this generic midfielder. He needs to specialise as a six. He needs to work on his defensive attributes and really just become what we need. Because this happened to Harry Winks as well. Harry Winks, he was just this generic midfielder that didn't specialise in anything. And now look at he's trying to reinvent himself at twenty four years old as a defensive midfielder, which is just not working because he's awful. <laughs> what do you think, Daniel? If I said Zambo and Gisa from Villarreal, what do you think about yeah, that as a DM? Show. Yeah, because I was doing, uh, you know, shout out to Statman Dave, um, who do you know what? Like Statman Dave as well, he kind of reinvented my love for football because I started to love kind of really analyzing and everything i remember the first time i watched Statman dave yeah this is a this is a fun story quickly to get in was when was when emery when emery joined arsenal yeah and i remember going to tom's house yeah i was at tom's house and i was saying about how who was going to play in the game against man city and they were going to use a 4-2-3-1 and and tom was like tom was like no how do you know this and i was like Statman dave and tom was like oh don't like that guy like but um, Zam- because because and I know why Tom didn't Tom didn't like him because he said, um, Slapman Dave said El Nenny might start against Man City and Tom and he, and he did and he did and Tom Tom was like Tom was like that's rubbish like what are you talking about but um but with regards to Angisa Slapman Dave tweeted out about him um the other day about how he's had a really good season and he's kind of gone under the radar. And I think people will kind of judge him from his time at Fulham and kind of go, why on earth would you want Anguissa? Why would you give him another go? But he's still relatively young, but he's also, he's a Europa League finalist. He's he's got really, I think it's like three tackles per game and 1.5 interceptions, which is good enough. I didn't actually think he was that bad at Fulham. Yeah. I thought the rest of the team was pretty shocking, but I thought whenever mm-hmm. I watched him, he, he looked decent. I would say... I just thought of this one now that Dennis Zakaria would be another good option. Oh, Zakaria would be fantastic. He would be a lot of money as well. Yeah. Fit out the price range. I think with Anguissa though as well, because Fulham are in the championship and it depends on whether they get promoted or not, but I still, I think if they stay in the championship, you could get him out for 15 million because they're desperate to, they must be desperate to get him off the wage bill. Like, and I think if you give them any sort of fee, I think you could get him out. And I think he would definitely be worth looking at 
because he is someone... I think with Tottenham, they don't need a world-class defensive midfielder. They just need someone who can come in and screen to let Lo Celso and Endombele and if you keep Dell and whoever in that midfield, to let them do their jobs. I think you just need a competent DM and I don't yeah. think you have that. What do you think about Gedson Fernandez? Gedson Fernandez. Well, that's an interesting one. When we were linked to him at first, I was quite disappointed because there's another Benfica player called Florentino who's yes. an yes. excellent DM. Yes. We used to mention on this podcast. Why are we not going for <laughs> Florentino? But Jetson's really surprised me so far. Um, mm-hmm. He's really dynamic. He reminds me of Sissoko. Yeah. He's a very good ball carrier and very powerful and can play a number of positions, can play right back, midfield, right mid, left mid. Wait, Jetson can play right back? Yeah, he can play right back. <laughs> Are you right serious? And we've, tro- we've played him at right back, I think, I think against one of, against Norwich, he played a stint at right back. Really? That is crazy. Yeah. Maybe he's the answer to your prayers at right back then. <laughs> no way, bro. Do you know what was, do you, do you know the thing with Jetson was? I tweeted a bit about Jetson at the time as well. Um, because we were talking about Florentino, but I remember talking to you, DT, and kind of talking to Tom as well. We talk about football a lot, but <laughs> talking to both of you, <laughs> saying about, you know, I'd looked at Jetson's who scored and kind of, you know, looked at his numbers and everything, and I was just so confused. I didn't understand what position the guy played because he didn't really specialise in anything at all. Like, he didn't, he didn't have, like, for those of you who might not understand what we're kind of getting at, if you have kind of good tackles and interceptions and good dribble numbers, then you're kind of most likely a DM. And if you have good, if you have a high amount of key passes, chances created, dribbles, you're probably an attacking midfielder. So, you know, and blocks and recoveries, whatever, final third passes, these things are just, you know, they're just things that get thrown around. But Jetson had, like, none of this stuff. And it was really hard to work out what position he played. And I think when you've already kind of got, you don't have a system or you're working out a system, I think Jetson kind of throws in another player that you just don't know what to do with. And I didn't understand the signing. Like, I really didn't get it at the time. But I think Tottenham just thought, because of Sissoko's injury... It was a player that they could get in as a body. Would you agree? Yeah. I still don't know what his best position is. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's got this 50 million um, obliga- um, buyout yeah. that we, is optional at the end of this two-year loan. Yeah. But I don't see him as a 50 million player. He's... I, bro, I don't see him. I don't... I, I wouldn't... Uh, I said... I said when West Ham were linked with him, I think the obligation was like 34 million or whatever. And I said... Yeah. That would be... That's just it's just a gamble that West Ham needed to take, but you know, it's I'll like I'll be honest, I don't really rate Jason Fernandez Fernandez very much so I don't I still don't really get why you signed him. I sort of get it for depth, but like I don't see him lasting long at your club. Like I can see him being shipped off in a few years' time and getting a more specialist player in like a more specialist position. Yeah. But how much did you even buy him for? I can't even remember how much. Well, it was a loan, and oh yeah, it's loan, yeah. so a two-year loan, and there's a fifty million option at the end of the mm-hmm. two-year loan, which I don't think we should be exercising because no way. Yeah, we can. You really might be able to do a job for two years, but also you've got Sissoko and stuff. Sissoko is a bit of a fan favorite as well, so no yeah. one's going to be wanting to let go of him anytime soon. But I think Sissoko 
who else you've got in midfield? Dyer, Winks. Like you've got, you've got to have better options in midfield. But I was thinking also, if you're going to play the system with the four three three with the wingers, are Lucas Moura and Stephen Baldwin, uh, Huang Min Son suited to being wingers in that system? Because for me, Son is definitely not really that sort of winger where he'll just stay out on the touchline. I think his best attributes come in the box, finishing on either foot. But Lucas Moura doesn't strike me as that sort of winger either. So who would you go for in the wing to suit the sort of winger that you'd be looking to build? Get rid of Morapid, bruv. <laughs> get rid of Morapid. I actually think Lucas Moura's a good player. No, get rid of Morapid. Like, forget him. I'll stick up for Lucas Moura. Lucas yeah. Moura's a good player. No, Tom loves Tom player. loves Lucas Moura. Um, but DT, what would you what would you be going? What would your front three? Presumably, well, we've got Kane down the middle. Personally, I don't feel like we need wingers. To be honest, I say that we've got Son, we've yeah. got Bergwijn. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bergwijn and Son are both suited to the left hand side. Left hand side side, I'd say. Yeah. So you might want to think about bringing a right winger in. I'd always say bring back Marcus Edwards from Victoria. <laughs> Do you have a buyback on Marcus Edwards? No, we don't. Mm. We have a sell on. I certainly don't think the wing's like a priority for right now. I think definitely defensive midfield and your back four is the yeah. main priority. What about, I think in a few years, yeah. if you're looking to build that sort of system, I don't think you've got the wingers to suit it. No, Jack Jack Clark from Leeds or Jack QPR. Clark. <laughs> Six foot plus winger under Jersey. Yeah. Jack Clark. That's just one of them signings. Like last summer, realistically, like Endombele made sense. Lacelso made sort of sense. Jack Clark and Sessignon. Who was... I don't even think Sessegnon made much sense because he, I, like, I, I don't think there was a plan of how to implement him. Um, and Jack mm. Clark, whose decision was it to sign Jack Clark? Like, genuinely. I, <laughs> I do not get Jack Clark at all. Um, million and we could have bought Dybala's image right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, the scandal of the summer. <laughs> you remember on deadline day, you were going to sign, like, Bruno Fernandes, Paolo Dybala, oh. Celso... So, Daniel, do we think Kane's in decline? Kane's in decline. Well, I'd say that, unfortunately, Kane has declined. And yeah. That's, that's down to a number of things. Mm-hmm. That's down to his injury record, which is atrocious, to be yeah. fair. He's been, in, he's been out for a substantial amount of time um, each season, and it's happening every season, and it's not stopping. Mm-hmm. He's had the ankle injuries, and now just recently the, the hamstring. And yeah. So that's obviously going to take away from his physicality, his pace, mm-hmm. his ability to get shots off. So in seventeen eighteen, he was a mon- shot monster, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking, there was a point where he was taking seven shots a game. That is like, nuts. Oh, that is crazy. Prime Cristiano, yeah. prime Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. And he was an absolute monster. Real Madrid were quoted two hundred million for Harry Kane, ready to break the bank for him. But ever since, I think this um, injury that he picked up at Bournemouth away in seventeen eighteen, he's never been the same since. He's yeah. just gone a downward trajectory, um, down spiral. Would yeah. you say from the twenty eighteen World Cup? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I say that it was literally before the twenty eighteen World Cup. We yeah. Saw, we started to see a decline in Kane. Yeah. His XG was at zero point seven six before. Yeah. And it, right now. Yeah. His XG is at zero point two nine. Really? Like, That's his XG. Oh, worse than Danny Ings. 
I think that's a bit of a Mourinho system, though, waiting for him to get that one chance. And, like, yeah. it's not always Mourinho is definitely not helping with this new Kane. He's he's turning him into, like, a, what I'd say a Drogba, almost. Just a yeah. front. Yeah. Holding I him think up. this lockdown might have done him a favour, though, because he always gets rushed back, though, again, doesn't he? He's always getting rushed back from injury. Yeah. And he's not always completely ready. So I think this lockdown might have helped him get a full recovery and stuff. But to be fair, when he came back to training, he wasn't looking in what I would call tip-top shape, yeah. to be honest. But... <laughs> I think a lot of people have come back a bit rusty, though. Like, I I, I think... I, I do think Kane's declined, and I think it's sad to see. But I think he's been a victim, like Daniel, like you said, of kind of... Or like Tom and Daniel both said, of being overplayed. But also, I think Tottenham were, for a while very well they have always been very dependent on Kane because they don't have a backup and I think ultimately you can play Son you can play Deli Ali you can play Lucas any of those up front but it doesn't work and I think when because they're just too dissimilar to Kane and I think I think a backup striker would be yeah something that would be well, you know that that would that would come in handy um if you could get someone on a free or if you give <coughs> Parrot more games Odds on Edward, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> no you didn't chance. Even lure him from Celtic. I hundred percent he would go. Hundred percent. No way. He's staying for ten in a row. He said it in his interview this week that he's here for ten. Um, yeah, innit? everyone says that, and then they get offered Premier League money, and they're like, you know what, I'll go. I think I think Edward. I genuinely think Edward will stay for another season, and then I think he'll go. But I don't you think. Said that about Tierney. Tierney was Tierney, <laughs> bro. Tierney, he doesn't doesn't count as a Celtic fan. He's not a real Celtic fan. <laughs> no, Trust Tierney. Yeah, Odson is gone if he gets an offer from the Premier League. I... Well, maybe not any Premier League club, but from a top six club or a d- decent French club, he's gone, mate. He's gone. It depends on the money, though. I don't think we're we're not going to take anything less than thirty million. And it depends if clubs have if clubs have thirty million. Like if someone comes in with a thirty million bid, I think then maybe we talk. But I I just I don't see anybody offering thirty million at this stage. Um, and I'm sure we'll get onto Edward a bit on the in the Arsenal um, kind of the Arsenal talk. But I think Tottenham are in a really difficult spot. Yeah, we are. Yeah, like a. a... Do you look at, um, Man United and Chelsea and what they're doing with like Chelsea bringing in obviously a lot of good players. And I sort of see like where Man United are sort of trying to go with the squad they're building. But do you look at Man United and Chelsea? They're ahead of us, or do you think you can easily catch up with them if you just make the right investments? I think we could definitely catch up with United and Chelsea. I don't see that as a problem, but that was not the target to begin with. Our target was to catch up with Manchester City and Liverpool. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a really, really good point. It's a very, very good point. Yeah, because that was what Jose was brought in to do to yeah. challenge the title. And he says that he, he's, he's aiming to win the title next season, but with this he's target. I'm not seeing what he's seeing. I can't see us challenging for the title with the squad that we have. If you get relegated in the championship, you'll challenge for the title. But <laughs> <laughs> if you're still in the Prem, I I don't know. I think Tottenham's. I just think it's a difficult one. If we're looking at... So what are we saying in terms of Daniel? If we're looking at signings, yeah. What are you saying? Who who are the, who are the key signings? Um, and if we're saying for a starting eleven for next season with new signings, what do you want to see? Within reason, like obviously. So obviously, we're not going to have the most money to spend yeah. in the summer. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have quite a bit. Are we good, Tom? 
Well, DT, you can keep going. We'll wait for Tom. Yeah, I can hear yeah, you, yeah. But you were like, we're, we're going to think about um, bringing in players for cheap on freeze. So, what I'd say for next season is I want to see a 4 3 3. Yeah. I want to see Lloris. Mm-hmm. I still think Lloris is one of the most underrated keepers in <laughs> Premier League history. Hugo. <laughs> His distribution is. Did quick. he say Lloris is one of the most underrated keepers in the league? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say he's top three at the moment. Oh, that is a that is a poor Do you know? Do you know what was hilarious? Yeah, one of my favourite Lloris moments was when everyone was chanting Hugo after he got arrested for drink driving. <laughs> he was driving at like one forty. Like this guy's nuts, man. Like Lloris is a nutter. Oh so, yeah, but that's another thing. We need to strip him of the captaincy. He's <laughs> Who would you give it to, Kane? Yeah, Kane. But when Kane was given the captaincy earlier this year, he didn't show any cap- captain leader-like skills. That's why Hendo should be England captain. No. <laughs> 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 I think we've got a tiny bit of a technical difficulty at the moment, but are we all good? Are we all good? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, we just got to keep talking, I guess. Um, like we said, there, there might be a few technical difficulties with this pod, but it's definitely been. It, I apologise yeah. this is my Wi-Fi that always <laughs> plays up. <laughs> yeah, but it's still it's been it's been it's been a cracking one to record so far. I'm loving it, and it's great to have DT with us. In oh, terms, yeah. but in terms of so we're talking starting eleven. We're saying Larice in goal. Who are we going with? Who are we nominating for the right back? Are we saying right. Max Ahrens or are we saying that's maybe a bit unrealistic and we need to play someone else there? Max Ahrens may be unrealistic. We might not go mm-hmm. and buy him. But yeah. if Norwich get relegated, I don't see why not. Yeah, I agree. Go yeah. Someone such as Nordi Mikiani. I think Good he's man. I think he's out of the budget to be honest. And I I don't think I don't think he'd want to come. I don't think he'd want to go. He'd be great under Jose though. He would because he's versatile and he can yeah. play centre back and right back. Um, I think about Foyt at right back as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tangend has played a bit of right back this season as yeah. well, but I don't think he's really that. That's really his position. To be honest. Uh, so Jedson Fernandez at right back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So right back. Do we have? Do we have a nomination? Like. I'd say. For now, I'd put Juan Foyth, yeah. Yeah, right. Juan Foyth goes at right back. The two centre-backs, I think Malang Sarr is definitely a realistic sign. Yeah. So I think we have Malang Sarr. And then Dav Sanchez partners him, I think. I'd say they're quite similar, Malang Sarr and Davinson Sanchez. Both mm-hmm. very aggressive, like, in the press. Yeah. Uh, and, but you could play Toby there. Yeah. You could... You could partner him with Tanganga, but both very young. Mm-hmm. I'd say go with Toby and Malangsa. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's and let Vertonghen go. Yeah, let Vertonghen go. Yeah, I think there's options to kind of rotate at centre back. There's just they're not they're not ideal, but they're not terrible at the same time. Yeah. Left back, are we saying Cess? I'd say Ben Davis. Ben Davis. Oh, that I hate Ben Davis. You know what? Why? <laughs> why do you hate Ben Davis? Wait, Tom. Do you think you could? Do, do you think? Years, do you think you could like, get? Do you think you could get Dan in now to give a quick take on Ben Davis? <laughs> yeah, get him in now because this is kind of this is a free flowing pod. So like, you know, get Dan in to get to give a take on Ben Davis. So we're not saying we we don't. 
we don't trust Cesc. We don't trust Cesc to play left back. Not at the moment. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't shown enough defensive qualities. Yeah. To Jose left back. Mm-hmm. Right. Although, Jose does play this swinging pendulum mm-hmm. that allows the fullback, one of the fullbacks, to play much further up. This season, it's been Aurier. Yeah. But yeah, that could be an option. Do you think Son could do the defense? Could do maybe defensive work in terms of like if they were gonna, if it was gonna be Cess and Son playing as a like a left back and a left mid kind of duo. Yeah, we're back. I don't know what sort of nonsense you come out. With. All right, Dan, Dan. Dan, so we've got Daniel Taze and Daniel Mangan on the pod at the moment. <laughs> we just wanted, we just wanted, we just wanted, we just wanted Daniel to give a quick take on Ben Davis. All right, so we need silence from everyone else, and we need a quick thirty-second take on Ben Davis from Daniel Mangan. Go. Ben Davis, it's got to be the most shocking left back I've seen. <laughs> Literally, me and my mum were watching a game, and I told my mum to count how many crosses. Ben Davies hit the first man on eight out of nine crosses hit the first man <laughs> absolutely shocking he did a half decent job at centre back though to be fair I think, I think he played a centre back left centre back in a back three left centre back in a back three in an FA Cup game and he actually did alright like yeah. he suited the position but left back he's a travesty you can't you can't play him left back and this is Sorry. this is this is a Spurs fan by the way this, this is a Spurs fan that's 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 from a Spurs fan, by the way. So you know that. I'm sorry, you just can't. You can't. I mean, Ben Davies has always been a topic of controversy among Spurs fans. <laughs> but I say that he's a solid option. I think he always does the job. It's, it depends on what you're working with, and I think in this instance, Ben Davies has to play at left back. Maybe Sessegnon plays. Maybe Ben Davies plays. But for now. It's Ben Davis at left back. I think Ben Davis can be a solid option for a short yeah. period of time, but I think you're going to need to either hope Sessignon becomes what you need, or just bring in a new left back in a couple of years, maybe two years or so. So four three three. We'll move on to the the defensive midfielder. Uh, Andrew, thanks for that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, thank you to Dan Mangan, one of the good luck. Son. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best people in the world. Um, you know. That's one of the most. Um, Impulsive moments of the podcast so far. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is this is a this is a you know this is a groundbreaking pod so far. Um, so defensive midfield, who 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 is who is our defensive midfielder Daniel Tays? Well, I'd go with Hoiberg of Southampton. Hoiberg, yeah. And Good we're choice. we're saying for how much? 25, 30 mil. Between yeah, between that. Yeah. He's only got twelve months left on his contract. So oh really? I didn't know that. Get that down. I think that I think maybe a 20, 20 mil. Even that's still fifteen mil. You might get yeah like because if if yeah. Ericsson is seventeen mil in January, yeah, then Hoiberg, mate. I I'm saying fifteen mil, like, and I think that's doable. Yeah. And then my second, I would say my option would be Zangisa, um, Angisa, sorry, um, Zambo Angisa, and I think. For 15 mil, you could probably get him as well. But this is DT. I would go yeah. yeah. So we'll go with Hoiberg. Yeah. At CDM. Yeah. Then who who are two. You're saying two. Is it two three eights? I feel like that's where this yeah. is going. Yeah. yeah. And who are those two three eights? Ndombe and Lachelsa. Yeah. Is there no they... other. Who who else. Do we think Sissoko can kind of play a backup role in that? Maybe being yeah. like a steamroller midfielder? Yeah. 
Sissoko, Jetson, both could play mm-hmm. backup roles. But Endombele got the potential to be, in my opinion, the best midfielder in the world. I think he has got that potential, but I think he just needs to settle a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He's, obvi- he's lost a, uh, a fair amount of weight. Mate, Ruben, Ruben is loving this podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I watched Ndombele for Leon in the Champions League. He had everything. He was yeah. quick. He was strong. He could dribble. He could pass. He's got everything. No, the he guys, just needs to give yeah. him a bit of time. Trust me. No, he was my dream signing. He is top quality. He is top quality. There's no doubt about it. I just think so far in a Spurs shirt, he hasn't shown it. But I'm willing to accept that Ndombele could be potentially one of the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's... Also the relationship <laughs> between Ndombele and Jose... Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's something that might uh, hurt Ndombele down the line because yeah. Jose doesn't seem to trust him at the moment mm-hmm. but we'll see after this lockdown whether he plays him I think Jose's got quite a short short patience span in a way because he was very in- impatient but he just wants immediate success and so maybe that's not what Ndombele kind of needs right now so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but in press conferences he's been very complimentary of Ndombele if I'm not yeah. mistaken yeah. of his talent yeah it's just all about the, the work ethic I'm guessing. Um, I'm guessing yeah so are we saying we're getting rid of Deli Ali? or or could Deli Ali? play on the right of this 4 3 3 as a roaming Rome deter yeah exactly a roaming well, Rome deter but I, it's a tough one it's a tough one because yeah. I love Deli Andy but yeah. I'm just thinking about what would be best because I'm because what I'm thinking is if you sell Deli Ali what fee do you think you're going to fetch for him I'd say 80 million so say yeah. say we have yeah, say we have you know we'll, we'll say we take fifty percent of that for the transfer budget yeah are we saying then we can go and get Max Aaron's yeah so we'll so should we say we get rid of Dell for around eighty we take about forty because that's like a realistic turnover from you know Levy will probably want new toilets or something with the rest of the money do you know what I mean. <laughs> Right. Um, but or they'll have to pay off the stadium. Well, they'll stadium. yeah they'll have to. The whole stadium, the toilet scene, eh? Yeah, but they'll have to pay. <laughs> they'll have to pay off the new stadium or something, and Levy will find an excuse for not reinvesting the whole amount. So we'll say Max Aaron's comes in, and we'll say what is it going to be Stevie or Lucas? Who's going to play on the right? Oh. Willian maybe. Willian, oh no, please no. <laughs> you never know with Jose. He's going to want to bring in. Willian, I yeah, think, on a free. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a good idea, to be honest. He turned down Tottenham before. He doesn't deserve to play for them now. <laughs> I think that's one of the funniest transfer stories of like, ever. Yeah. But I think about playing Son on the left yep. and Bergwijn on the right. Mm-hmm. Well, they could interchange, to be honest. Yeah. But I, you could bring in a specialist right winger with a left footer. Mm-hmm. Who do you think? The best one, the best left-footed right winger plays for plays on the other side of North London, mate. <laughs> he does as well. He does. What about Chokwezi? Samuel Chokwezi would be an amazing signing. That is a very, very good shout. You know he's only on. You know, but you know he's only on five hundred euros a week. Really? 
Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. He's, He's only on. Yeah, exactly. But I think the I think the only problem with Chuck Wazy is he has a sixty million euro release clause, um, which would be a bit of a problem. But I don't know if you. I don't think you always have to pay those. Like there, there, there can be kind of exceptions made sometimes. Um, so I would look at Chuck Wazy. I think that's a very good option. But I think ultimately that might be in a season or two if you need to kind of reinvent that position do you know what i mean yeah but you could still use bergwine you could use son so it's yeah. not a massive mm-hmm. area of concern yeah and then up Ob- top, the king Kane, but yeah. we'll have to see how he goes because this season he hasn't been the best in my opinion mm-hmm. and we could think about cashing in on harry kane and then getting a victor ozenhan yeah Ozenhan's i like what about what about like a jonathan david or uh an, yeah yeah because I, I actually, I, I really like the look of Jonathan David, but I don't think, I think he would be the perfect guy to come in and back up to Kane for now, because he's not... I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Like, I think an Aussie men as well would be would be perfect at that. And there was, apparently, there was an offer from Spurs on Aussie men or something, but it was yeah, like, no. it was like way below the asking price. Because they want 80 million. But... Yeah. And Spurs offered 3.5 or something. <laughs> how it goes with Harry Kane because yeah. he did that interview with Jamie Redknapp saying maybe he wants he's looking to move on yeah. he wants to win trophies mm-hmm. but he's not going to win trophies playing like that yeah I don't think I think Kane's time for a move might have gone well no I think it's definitely gone I think as in I don't think he's going to move anywhere now and become a better player I think he had the opportunity to do that before um, yeah when he was yeah. at the peak of his powers and yeah. Real Madrid were interested so we, we should have gone aren't going to want to pay the yeah, exactly. price that Daniel No one's going to want to pay kind of... I wouldn't pay over 100 for Kane anymore. Like, I wouldn't for Kane anymore. Yeah. No. So, you wouldn't pay over 100? Nah, no. no way. I 100% would. Nah. He's 100%. not the player that he was. But DT, but... as well, what do you think about Tottenham fans saying oh, no. Kane's the best striker in the world? Kane's not the best striker in the world anymore. Is he top so, five still? He's top five, yeah. Who, who are your top five, quickly? My top five. Lewandowski has yeah. to be yeah. first. Immobile. Yep. Yeah. As Rory. Yeah. I'd say. 100%. I, I have that opinion as well. Yeah. I'd say Aguero at the moment is better than Kane. Yeah. Um, Timo? Timo Werner. Oh. No, no. Not for me. Not Timo Werner for me. Too many big chances missed. Obama <laughs> blood clot Yang? No, not Obama Yang. <laughs> I, I, I'd put Kane fourth at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's probably fair. I would personally, like, if it... It's always hard to judge off strikers because you want to go with who scores the most goals or who's... Because I think, for me, I'm always looking at currently who's the best. And I think Werner's one of the best at the moment. But I think I'd have to probably say something like Lewandowski, Immobile, Aguero, Kane, because of part what he's done in the past, I want to put him in there, but... It's also hard to, you know, it's hard. You to, to put Ronaldo in there. It's hard to leave out. It's hard to leave out Timo and Odson Edward. So I think they would probably make up the top five. Did you see so that? You've got, have, you've got to have Lewandowski, Kane, Aguero, yeah. Ronaldo, and then probably Immobile. Yeah, I think I think um, well, no, Immobile is above Ronaldo for me. No. Most goals and assists in Europe this season, joint with yeah, Messi. Immobile's done well this season, but he hasn't bagged everywhere he's gone. Like, he's bagged every season at Lazio. He's, 
he, he's, that, he, he wasn't a hit. Yeah, no, but he got double figures and good goals per minutes ratio. He's like he was like Patrick yeah, Schick. Yeah, double figures doesn't make you a top five striker in the world. Obviously, this season, you yeah. can say that. But like, yeah. I honestly believe that Omoble, yeah, he's probably just about top five strikers in the world. Mm-hmm. You could put a Bamiyang. I, I genuinely think you can put a Bamiyang in that. No, no way. I think, I think, do you know what, do you know, guys, 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 do you know what I think, yeah? I think we're getting away from the topic a bit. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, and, it is time for Max Cohen to be introduced, yeah? So, it was an absolute honour to be joined by DT. Like, genuinely, I'm so, I'm so happy that we managed to get him on. I, I love this guy in real life and... You know, over the phone. I can't wait to see him. Hopefully next week or whatever. Same guys. It's been yeah. a it's been an absolute blast. Right, so Daniel, um, we give a massive thank you. Daniel, last minute suggestion yeah. for midfielder. What about Craig Gardner for midfield? <laughs> 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 Come on, Craig Gardner. DT. <laughs> but yeah. Cheers, DT. It's thank been you. Really good guys. If you know, you know. <laughs> Thanks. All right. See ya. See ya. Alright, so we just need to add Max now. And we haven't, by the way, this podcast is being like done completely live. So while we're talking about adding Max, you guys will hear that as well. Um, Max. Leave us feedback as well on what you thought of DT as a guest. Should we get him on more often? We'd we'd love to. Um, How are we? Are we all right, Tom? Yeah, I'm good now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let us know what you thought of DT. Should we get him on more often? And we're joined by our second oh, guest joined. of the Very episode. Max. How are you guys? You guys all right? We are great. Oh, we're very well, Max. Your, very your, well. Beard's, yeah. your beard's looking a bit better than mine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's... Yeah, when I, I went on... It's, it's, it's looking all right. I think when the when the old barbers come back, I'll have to get it off, but... You, know, <laughs> you go, that, go into that place that, in High Barnet again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget when Max walked into form like earlier in this year and he had the massive bin and then the next day it was just all gone. That was a massive shock to be fair. I'm sorry I shocked you that way, Tom. I, I didn't mean No, it was a pleasant shock there. It was a pleasant shock though, Max. So right, Max Cohen, introduce you introduce yourself to the podcast. Give right. us some of your quick opinions on who do you support, why are you here? What you know, give us give us some of that stuff. Well, you know, as as you guys both know, I'm a massive Arsenal fan, always yeah. will be, always have been, you know. Uh, but as, as, I, as I will relay over and over again, my pet hate is Meza Ozil. <laughs> yeah. he, he is my pet hate, and you know we'll, we'll go on to that in a second. But you know, where do you guys want to start? Then? Well, uh, I mean, I think you know this is kind of we've been quite free flowing so far, as you'll discover when you hopefully listen to Daniel Taser's bit as well. But we've kind of. <laughs> Yeah, we've been kind of, you know, going. We 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 don't want to stick to too many kind of topics. We just want to chat about Arsenal, I think, and you know, as we would if we was at school or whatever. Um, so we keep it quite simple. But what what do you think of the, if if you could sum up the current state of Arsenal in a word? Yeah. What would it be? Because um, mine would be mine would be shambles, but. Um, Yeah, I think I think's the right word. Um, yeah, 
but you know there are reasons for that you know what I mean so uh, it, I kind of I just see Arsenal as another like the next like Man U like it's going to take us another you know three four five years maybe to mm-hmm. kind of get, get to like of rebuilding to get to stage where Man U are is Arteta the right man to do it I don't I don't know I'm not sure yet but you know we'll have mm-hmm. to see so I, to be seen, I think it? I yeah. think the way I guess I think the way I'll approach this is because I'm I've, we've got two Arsenal fans in Tom and Max. I guess I'll ask the questions to both of you, and I'll get answers from both of you, and then I'll give my opinion so that we're not interrupting each other too much and everything. But first of all, to Max and then to Tom, what positions do you, what positions do we think Arsenal need to improve on, or what positions do we think Arsenal need to strengthen in the transfer a window? A lot of positions, a lot of positions. I. I mean, because it, it all depends, you know, if people are going to go out and come back. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, like how many people we're going to sign or, you know, because I don't think we have a big budget. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, this, you know, Upper Meccano is such an unrealistic signing. I don't know why people think that's going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, how, why, do, like, this, this is the problem that I, I you know, so many media outlets just kind of feed on this thing that you know Arsenal fans just get so hyped over like every transfer. Yeah, trust me, they love to do a bullshit, a bullshit story, yeah, and then they'll just print it, and then all the Arsenal fans on Twitter have gone mad about it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It never, and it never happens. Like, I mean, I think we need to strengthen a lot of positions, as I said. I think uh, we need another centre back. I think maybe even two centre backs. Yeah. I th- like, I mean, we're getting into Saliba, yeah, but I mean. You know, I think, you know, David Luiz is too old, he's got mistakes in him. Socrates is too old, he's got mistakes in him. Like, you know, holding, is he good enough? That's debatable. And, you know, Chambers, you might just power on loan. <laughs> Mustafi, Mustafi <laughs> is just Mustafi, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, Mustafi should only be playing, like, cup games, in yeah. my opinion. So, like, that, I think we need at least one or two centre-backs. I think a right-back is needed. Yeah. Because I do, I do not please can we sell Bellerin? Like Bellerin just needs to like you know twenty third million for Bellerin I'd take. You mm-hmm. know, get that is a hot Bellerin. take. Max, he's rubbish. He's it was rubbish. even after he scored in you know at Stamford Bridge yeah the comeback. That's all he did. That's all he did. <laughs> I oh, thought God. he had a good. I thought he had. I thought he had a good game. And then Max came in and slaughtered him. Absolutely slaughtered him. <laughs> but, I think he did alright that game. So well, that's one game. That's like that's like saying Mesut Ozil won a good game against Everton because he got on a sixth. Like, you know yep. what I mean? These things don't equate. You have to look at the the, the whole the, you know the the whole time that they're playing, and you know so many of our players are just nowhere near good enough. So we've we've got at, at least one centre back, a yeah. right back. Yeah, I think, and in that position, you know, bring in Max Aaron's, sell Bellerin, bring in Aaron's. That's we'll, what I, you know. I think we'll, we'll get into targets. Oh, right, we're we'll getting into that. Yeah, later. yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, I think at, like, you cut out, you cut out a bit there, Max. I didn't. Saka and Torreira are both are both awful. Are we saying? Are we uh, saying? So are we saying a defensive midfielder? Because I didn't get are, that. Yeah, yeah. A defensive midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. I think we definitely. I think this is the most important. Is we need a centre attacking midfielder. Yeah. Um, that's probably the most important. Are you serious, Tom? We'll get Tom, <laughs> Tom, 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 Tom. You will get your say after Max is finished. <laughs> I think I think our most important position is a centre attacking midfielder. And if 
depending on, as I said, if you know Bamiang leaves yeah. or Lacazette, what happens with Lacazette? <laughs> um, I think, well, uh, I think we need another striker. Yeah. Being on, like, so I think. But then again, you know, you can't. You know, we are not going to be bringing in all of these positions this yeah. summer. Number one, we don't have the funds. Number two, it's not good to bring in more than like three players. Yeah. So and what would you what would you prioritize? I'd prioritize a cam. Yeah. I'd prioritize a CDM. Yep. And I'd prioritize a centre back. All right. Sound. Right, Tom. Tom. For the most part, me and Max actually agree. I think <laughs> centre back. I think we can bring in just one more centre back because um. I think we haven't really got many good options. We've got Saliba coming in, obviously, which will hopefully be a massive boost to us. And um, we've got other players like Pablo Mari, Chambers, who hopefully he can do a job at centre back. He's not fantastic. But Socrates, Mustafi, I've been them off. I'd give David Luiz another year because David Luiz has been sort of like a leader. He's been making a lot of mistakes, but he can bring the ball out of the back and he's been a bit of a leader in the dressing room. I think defensive midfield is probably our most important position. Because although Jacques has done okay under Arteta so far, I just cannot see it sustaining that. I can't see him being a decent defence midfielder for an, another season under Arteta. And Torreira is simply just not good enough, just too small, gets bullied. Mm-hmm. I think an attacking midfielder is needed, but I don't see it as a priority. Because I think Ozil, like, while I don't particularly rate the guy, he can sort of do an okay job against the lower half teams in the Premier League at home. And we can also play Willick in them sort of positions. And we can play... I actually think we could play Emil Smith-Rowe if we brought him back from Lone as well. So I think we've got a decent enough youngst- decent enough youngsters to like not need a position, not need a new player in that position. But I think if I was Mikel Arteta, I'm looking at bringing in definitely one centre-back, yep. a really good defensive midfielder, mm-hmm. and then maybe another, uh, maybe another midfielder that can either play box-to-box or in that camp position. Right. So I'll give my quick opinion on what I would bring in, because I'm the neutral here, I guess. So, I would go with a centre-back is definitely needed, someone to partner Saliba. The CDM, I think, is pivotal. And I think, depending on whether a Bamiyan goes, a striker is going to be needed. But I would say a centre-back, a CDM for now, and maybe a striker, depending on if, if a Bamiyan goes... Another centre midfielder as well, because it just depends what, what formation Arteta wants to play, and I guess we'll get onto that. But Max, who have you identified as your targets for your priority positions? Yeah, I think I think that I think some players are getting overlooked by Arsenal. Like so for just for an example, like you look at Villa. Yeah. You know, Villa are most, most likely going down. Well, yeah. well, we don't know, but there is a chance that they're going down. A good season. chance. A good chance they're going down. A good chance, yeah. exactly. And if I'd say yeah. they have three really good players. Mm-hmm. They've got they've got um, McGinn, yep. uh, uh, Grealish, and Mings. Yep. And I would take Mings as a centre back. I think you know it helps that he's left footed. He's he's tall, strong, quick. I think Mings would be a good addition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Grealish would be a great addition, but the likelihood of Grealish going to Arsenal, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd probably go to I don't know United, but I don't, again, I don't know how likely that is. And I think John McGinn is a, I, I think is a great box to box kind of CDM. I think he would be a great addition as well. Mm-hmm. So any, you know, bring in any of those three, I'd be happy with. I think a Max Aaron's would be good, uh, but you know he's a right back, which is less less important because we have got you know we've got Cedric Bellerin and Maitland Niles. But I think Cedric and Maitland Niles, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think they'd have to go or Bellerin. Um, 
I've heard talk about that Jonathan David guy yeah. from Kent. Yeah. He looks quite good to be fair. We mentioned we mentioned him in the in the the first part of this podcast when we were talking about Tottenham. Yeah, Jonathan David. Yeah, it's a good option. David, yeah. I think, you know, I mean we've been linked to like Thiago Silva, but that I mean, what's the point? Like he's like thirty one. Like well, right, I've completely cut out. He's thir- he's thirty five. He's thirty five. Oh, exactly thirty five. Yeah. Exactly. So why do we need why are Arsenal insistent of getting Mm-hmm. old centre-backs I don't understand it mm-hmm. like, it's, it's stupid and then there's this the Axel De Sarsi guy yeah from Stad- you from, about Thiago Silva from Reims De from Reims, from yeah, Reims. he looks alright and you know for 40 million you might as well yeah. you know what I mean you might as well just kind of buy him and then just you know I don't know put him into the under 21s or something do you know, like that do you know what I think do you know what I think I think if we Maybe if we go with who we can offload first, and then who we will, who we want to bring in, because I'm, because I'm thinking yeah. as well when you were saying about you know getting rid of Bellerin and getting rid of people, other people, I think it may yeah. be easier to kind of see who we can get rid of. So who would yeah. you who would you get rid of, Max? Yeah, I mean priorities. I mean, look, Lacazette never wanted to come to Arsenal anyway. Yeah, controversial. He wanted to go to Madrid. Like, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and he just has not. He has not been good. So mm-hmm. I think we got offload Lacazette, and we could offload him for like a decent amount. I feel. Yeah. Like, like even maybe do a swap deal with Atletico, possibly with Party. Yeah. Not maybe not maybe, like give Lacazette, and then maybe I don't know, like 15, 20 million. I think that would be all right. Because um, you know, Atletico haven't even. You know, they've got what Morata and Costa. Yeah. So, Oh no, they've got Jean Felix to be fair. Yeah. But um I think Shaka has to be sold, has to be sold. You know, it's not even just oh. That's alright, it's alright, keep going. It's like it's not even, you know, he's he's just been rubbish for so long. And yet like I think, you know, be, uh, be only being alright is not good enough. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point. I don't know, I think uh, you know, We've got three right backs, mm-hmm. and you know, Bellerin. I don't have much faith in. If he improves in the latter part of the season, then maybe. Yeah. But I, I just, I, I don't see Bellerin improving that much. Like, mm-hmm. not nowhere near is like. Well, I think it was in 2015-16 season. Yeah. Where he like peaked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kalasnach can be sold. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got Tierney and we've got Saka, so what's the need for? Kalasnach? There's so much dead wood. It's actually yeah, unbelievable. This, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. In, the problem with Arsenal is there is so much dead wood in the club. Mm-hmm. I think you know Mustafi has to be sold or even maybe kept as just a second team player. Sabios, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure. Like if he improves, then keep him. If he doesn't, send him back to Real. Yeah. Um, Torreira, as Tom said, is just like he's so weak. Gets bullied. You know, he's not fit for the Premier League. He can go. And my main one, which is weighing everyone down, is Özil. I mean, I, you know, the only the only positive that I got out of Unai Emery was that he actually tried <laughs> to get Özil. Yeah. He actually <laughs> avidly tried to get rid of Özil, like, like, and then, you know, that included not playing him, stuff like that. And that's what we need to do. Özil, you know, he doesn't he doesn't give a shit. He literally doesn't give a shit. He walks around the pitch like he almost doing absolutely nothing the whole game. Yeah. And the problem with Arsenal fans is he'll pick one great pass and get an assist and then Arsenal fans will say he's like the best centre attacking mid in the Premier League yeah and people put him in Twitter compilations and everything and it's yeah. unbelievable like I think he had one good season at Arsenal and ever since that season he's been 
awful. You know, I think how many assists? I think for like four or three assists this season. Yeah. And you know, at, for playing uh, as a centre attacking mid, he should be getting assists and goals. Like you know, like most games, if not you know every two games. Yeah. It's the wages as the wages as well is a massive exactly, thing. And exactly, you know, he's he's on like three hundred and fifty grand a week. I mean, mm-hmm. how was that? Happen? Whoever gave him that contract had an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I know. I think it was a, it was it was panicking though, wasn't it? They were scrambling around to try and yeah. sign him down to a new we deal. We lost Sanchez as well. Yeah, because we lost Sanchez, yeah. and Sanchez and Ozil were sort of our two star players of the past three or four years, and to lose them both in the same window would have been very. Like pretty bad, but looking back on it now, now is probably the time to get rid of Ozil, especially mm-hmm. with the wages he was demanding. So exactly, we, this could mm-hmm. free up a lot of the wage bill. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, yeah. you could you, you could maybe even give Aubameyang a contract extension now. Yeah, that's actually a really good shout. I yeah, probably did, yeah. If you free up that money for Aubameyang, or but also it's about bringing in new signings as well. The, the wage bill, like, it's probably underestimated the amount, the impact that that has on the team. So. Max has gone for a complete mass exodus of players. But I think no, but I think this is needed. I do right? think it's needed. I agree, but I think, yeah, I no, I do agree, and we'll discuss it a bit more. Tom, who do you think needs to go? Who do I think? Do, who do I think needs to go? Yeah. All right, so I think we need to get rid of a few players. I think Socrates and Mustafi both need to go. I think Socrates is old now. He makes too many mistakes. He's not. He's not a smart defender. Like he makes a lot of like positional errors, and I don't really see the value of having Socrates anymore. I'd get rid of him. Yeah. Mustafi, as we know, he's sort of been okay under Arteta so far, but he makes too many mistakes. He's always just, especially in big games as well, because the big, the better teams have quality to punish those mistakes as well. And do you remember the Carabao Cup final when Mustafi? Um, <laughs> Aguero but you think so as well but do you know another thing about Mustafi as well that I've kind of forgotten about and I think it's really forgotten about a lot is last season yeah could be not necessarily well no definitely actually blames cost you the top four Yes, it was a good one against Crystal Palace. Well, there was the game against Palace, but also, I think if you remember, in the North London derby where Aubameyang missed the penalty, the only yeah. reason it was 1-1 was because Mustafi gave away a penalty. <laughs> no, it wasn't Mustafi, was it? I think it was Mustafi who gave that penalty away. Oh, it might have been. I, I, like that, I can't remember. But mm-hmm. the one that I remember, because I was there when we lost to Palace 3-2, yeah. mm-hmm. and literally Mustafi's just like walking back to give the pass to like, Leno. And Zaha just basically runs past him. <laughs> yeah. Just, just looks over his shoulders like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. Zaha just goes, I mean, I, you know, one player I think I feel the worst for is Leno. Yeah. Because I think Leno is such a great goalkeeper. And if he had a decent defence around him, he'd look mm-hmm. so much better than he is. Yeah. He's saved us countless times this season. Like, I think I think he's a really good goalkeeper. Very underrated in my opinion. I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He needs to work on his passing out a bit, but other shot stopping, he's perfect. I think. Yeah, we're just trying to we're just trying to kind of um, we're trying to work out how to get Tom back into this pod because he's kind of having issues with the wi- with his Wi Fi and everything. So he's gonna he's gonna join in with his brother's phone and everything. But I just need to get. But we'll, me and Max, you know, me and Max were still live, so you know, it's all good. Right. 
Do we want to give them? Do we want to say maybe films to watch quickly in 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 quarantine? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, mate, I've watched I've watched too many. Yeah. What would what would be what would be the pick of the bunch? Pick of the bunch. Ooh, probably a film I watched yesterday, actually. What was that? Because it's fresh in my mind. It's called Embrace Embrace of the Serpent. Yeah. It's a, it's a Colombian film mm-hmm. uh, made a few years back, mm-hmm. and it's kind of this like. Uh, hallucinatory kind of epic where they about like explorers in the jungle um, meeting these kind of Native American tribes and their ritual[s] and stuff like that and it's a very kind of otherworldly experience. Very yeah. re- highly recommend it. Mm. Um, what about you, Ori? You seen you seen anything noteworthy? I've seen tons of good films during lockdown. Um, <laughs> there's there's too many to there's too many. Miracle in Cell Seven, Turkish Turkish <laughs> film. On Netflix, that was brilliant. Um, what else have I? I mean, I've watched a lot of like kind of classic films that people would have seen, like A Few Good Men, uh, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson. I thought that was brilliant. Talented Mr. Ripley was the first time I'd seen that. Um, I loved that film, that was great. True Romance for the first time, I thought True Romance was just amazing. I loved it. Um, I watched True Romance as well. Yeah, I thought it was good, but I don't know, it didn't really like completely work for me, Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. Um, Oh, there we go. Is Tomo's back? I don't know. Yeah, yeah he uh, is. Here he is. He's back. Right, he's back. So, uh, Mark, we got up We got up to Mustafi and Socrates. Who else needs to go? All right, Mustafi and Socrates have to go. And also, I'd get rid of... Um, who else needs to go? I think Bellerin, whilst I wouldn't get rid of him right now, I think he's going to be problematic in the future, to say the least, because <laughs> I think these injuries have not... They're definitely taking up his pace, which we all know is his primary aspect of his yeah. game is pace well shall yeah. i put it shall i put it simply i guess because there's been rumors yeah that atletico are interested psg are interested 40 million comes in for bellerin do you get rid of him okay yeah i don't know how much mucieli would cost but i don't be 40 million i think i think there's a release i think i might have read that there's a release clause for like 20 something or whatever i'm not sure though um and I, but I think Mukiele would be great because he could play centre back as well. Um, even maybe even Klosterman from Leipzig, like either of them, would be fantastic options at right back. Yeah. In terms of midfield, though, um, whilst I think it would be fantastic if we could get Urzel off the books, I really can't see it happening. So yeah, I, think I d- we just <laughs> the contracts with Urzel, bite the bullet on the wages and things such as that. So Urzel is a bit of a problem, but. At the end of the day, he can be in, he can be okay against lower sides in the yeah. bottom half of the table. So I think Özil, I'd love to get rid of him, but I don't see it happening. Do we see Do we see Jaka and Torreira both going, or do we see only one uh, of them going? I think that's a love Jaka. Yeah, I think he loves him, and I think Torreira. I think I can see him going. Maitland Niles has been rumored to go, and so is Gendouzi. Actually, I would yeah. hate to see Gendouzi. I wouldn't be bothered about him. Yeah, I think Maitland Niles. I think I would. So we, what are we saying then, Tom? We're saying Mustafi, Socrates, Bellerin. If there's an offer, definitely Torreira, definitely Maitland Niles. What about what about Lacazette? If there's an offer, see, I think I think keep Lacazette. Yeah, I think whilst he hasn't, he's had a horrible season. Right, Lacazette, he's been pretty shocking this season. Mm-hmm. But we're all very quick to write off players after a few bad games. Like if if Twitter was around in its peak in the Didier drop of five goal season. Yeah. Chelsea, not, Chelsea might never have won the Champions League. Yeah. 
I reckon keep Lacazette. I think Lacazette's just having a tour of time this year. Slight difference. You're you're not you're not going to win the Champions League. Okay. So... Yeah, we're not going to win the Champions League. <laughs> but you know what? Mm-hmm. We can't just after one bad season just say this guy's rubbish. Yeah. Get rid of him. Kalasenac as well. I lose any sleep if we sold Lacazette. Yeah. But like, to be honest, mm-hmm. I don't see the benefit. Kalas- I don't see there being much better options that we mm-hmm. can get that's going to come in and do much better than Lacazette. Kalasenac. Kalasenac. <laughs> Does he have to go? Does he have to go? Do we get rid of Kalasenac? Uh, yeah, get rid, get rid. I I forget. I even until Max mentioned him just now, I forgot about Kalasnach. Like genuinely, <laughs> but do you know? <laughs> same with Cedric. I mean, I I yeah. did remember Cedric, but I you literally know, remember. Be like a Kim Kalstrom, Dennis Suarez sort of yeah. Thing, isn't he? yeah, I literally right. I remember. Did he not? Oh no! But no, apparently they right. they don't. No, but apparently they've not offered him a deal. Like they're just not gonna. He's got some sort of injury. He's got yeah. like nose injury, shoulder injury, <laughs> <some> <laughs> injury. Oh, Trust no, me. Trust me. But um, I I remember you know an, a bit of an iconic Arsenal moment from this year was when Max turned round to me in history, in the middle of a lesson, and just goes, "We have Cedric." Like completely forgot Cedric uh, played for Arsenal. Like the YouTube video, the training videos of Arsenal. Yeah. I saw I saw Cedric running around the pitch. But I didn't realise. <laughs> like, this guy that's Yeah. He, he has not played a single minute for Arsenal <laughs> so far in any game at all. Yeah. He's not played. He's not played any time. So I mean, again, this is another opportunity. Yeah, but this is another thing where whose decision? Arsenal's transfer. Who's, like, what yeah. like what are they actually doing? Whose decision like, was it to get Cedric? Like. <laughs> Oh like, my god! Your club right man, back, an out of favour right back. Yeah, who, who's like basically who's twenty eight and mm-hmm. you know just you know out like you might as well have got Jan Valery. Like Jan <laughs> Valery's quite a good player. Like, All right, so the problem Arsenal always have was mm-hmm. we, we go with so many short term fixes. And yeah. Then, we keep on equating the wages mm-hmm. of these short-term fixes. Yeah. yeah. Then we're not investing in the long term. Like David Luiz, that's a short-term fix. Socrates, that was a short-term fix. Thiago Silva um, would be that, a short-term fix. One year loan, short-term fix. Yeah. Cedric, short-term fix. Dennis Suarez, short-term fix. Way too many just short-term fixes. We need to start thinking long-term now. Start picking up players and come, come and be at the club and be one of our better yeah. players. So yeah. All right. So we're saying we kind of wrapped up on who to get rid of. For me. Again, just giving my opinion, even though it's not that important in this podcast, um, it would be it would be get rid of get rid of Kalasenac, definitely. I'd maybe keep Mustafi just because of his age, um, and I'd get rid of. I wouldn't offer Louise a new deal. I just wouldn't do it. Um, and I because I think if you have the opportunity to get rid of someone, you get rid of them. I think that's the kind of stage that you're at with Arsenal. Um, so I would get rid of Louise. And I would get rid of any of the other centre backs in terms of the dead wood, like the Rob Holdens, Mavropanos, yeah, um, Chambers. Like if you can get rid of those guys, I think you get rid of them, and you keep Socrates, who can still play games. Like I, uh, you know, I'd just keep him around. With right back, I think if you get the offer for Bellerin, take it. Maitland-Niles, get rid of him. Torreira, get rid of him. Keep Xhaka around because Arteta seems to really like him. He's been okay under Arteta and he's an option. And then with the forward areas, I think Aubameyang, if he's not going to sign a new deal, 
I just think you've got. I think that is a whole topic in itself. Like, I think that is a massive, massive issue. Like, if a Bamiang's not going to sign a new deal, if you sell him and you can't get a replacement, then you're fucked. And if you don't sell him and he goes on a free, then you're in trouble as well. Like, I, I just think he has to sign a new deal. I think that's so pivotal. Um, yeah. And it's a massive battle for Arteta that he needs to win at the start of his Arsenal career. I think another one that we've forgotten about is Mkhitaryan. He should. He needs to leave. Yeah, Mkhitaryan needs to be moved on for a yeah. So, I was, yeah. uh, they, were, they were talking about a swap deal with Cliver, I think. But yeah. like Cliver, Cliver does, Justin Cliver doesn't look very good. So, He's just, he, I mean, yeah. might as well just cash in, like, I don't know mm-hmm. what, like 15 million for yeah. Mkhitaryan. Yeah. I think the problem, I think the thing is with Cliver, it would be kind of just getting a player for the sake of it. And I never, yeah. ever think that's a good idea. Yeah. So, we've talked about everybody we've gotten rid of. Um, I guess... I think it would be realistic. I've seen reports saying Arsenal have 235 million. I don't know who. No, no, no. No, but have you, you, Tom? Surely you've seen those reports as well. Have you seen them? I've seen them reports, and they're absolute rubbish. Yeah. I know, but I don't know where that's come from. I think that's the amount of money they could spend on the financial fair play. It's not actually the amount of money they have. Like, do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I'll be shocked if we spend over like 70 million. Yeah, but if we're getting rid of all those players. Surely we have at least. I'm saying you might have an 80 million budget. If we're getting rid of, if we're getting rid of, if we're getting rid of a few players and especially getting people off the wages, I'm willing to say we can maybe stretch to 80 mil. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, who do we bring in? I'm gonna start with Tom. Who do we bring in, Tom? All right. So everyone knows how high I am on Malang Sol, especially yes. on a free. Yeah. Definitely bring him. Like he's quite athletic. He's not like super athletic, but he's not. He's no slouch, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And he's he's fairly strong. Mm-hmm. I think bringing him in next to Saliba could be right, and he can play David Luiz in a lot of games as well. Yeah. If you in that contract, because David Luiz has got more leadership qualities than both of them, and he can bring the ball out of the back. Like we've seen, I think we've seen in both friendlies, like the same play through like through David Luiz doing a ball up and then someone knocking it down for Lacazette in the yeah. first game forward. Mm-hmm. And the second game skied it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we've seen that we've seen that um, play done both, in both games. So I think that's something they're trying to work on with David Luiz's long passing. Yeah. So we bring in Malang Sar, centre back. Yeah, to partner yeah, with Saliba. To partner with Saliba. Yeah, but mm-hmm. also like keep David Luiz around the squad as well. And you have got Callum Chambers and Pablo Mari and stuff as well. I think Pablo Mari could stake a claim in the in the last stretch of the season because he played against West Ham in our last game before the lockdown. Yeah, and we kept in sheeting that game, so we did all. But I think Pablo Mari. It depends how well he does in the like. This is sort of his trial period because if Pablo Mari turns out to be really amazing, and we're bringing Saliba anyway, we might not. Um, we might not even need him. Yeah. But um. I think get Sar anyway, even if you don't. If yeah, even if Mari turns out to be great. Yeah. Um. So for the defensive midfielder. I think we. I think Thomas Partey is the most obvious candidate because that. Yeah. That is actually, but also that is kind of you know that the links are actually believable. Everybody is under the sun has been reporting Partey to Arsenal, and I do think that would be a great signing because it would take you to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. 
100%. I think Thomas Partey is sort of that world-class defensive midfielder that can really improve our team for this season. Yeah. Because like, Zach has done all right, but he'll never sustain that sort of quality for over a season for what he's done under Arteta so far. Mm-hmm. As we've said, Pereira's not good enough. Guendouzi, even if you play him in that role, he's going to make mistakes. You need a world-class player for Thomas Partey, and I think he actually is that. He's yeah. shown that he's good at... On, he played brilliantly against Liverpool at yeah. And his stats in the Champions League, he's actually performed much better than he has in La Liga this season. So he can definitely raise his game. Um, Showing the sort of player he is. Yeah. I think main guy we go. Mm-hmm. And in terms of another midfielder, I'm really not sure. I've, you know what? You, I know you don't like this, but I actually think Jude Bellingham is a very good player. Not for me. I just think with Jude Bellingham, but I'll let you. I'll let you say your piece on Jude Bellingham, and then so I'll. Jude Bellingham. Yeah. At 16 years old, he's gone into the Birmingham first team in the Championship. Championship is a physically demanding league. You're playing a lot of games and you're playing against grown men as well, physical men as well. So I think Jude Bellingham, at 16 years old, to shine the way he has, which he has, he's been decent defensively, he can dribble. His passing's not fantastic, but it's, it's decent. And for a 16-year-old player, a 17-year-old player, I don't think... Um, I don't think you're paying more than £25 million, huh? mm-hmm. I think it's worth a gamble. Yeah. I think he's got all the qualities that you'd look for in sort of a box box midfielder. And I think he can, he's so young, you can mould him. You can bring in sort of more technical aspects to his game to make him be able to play higher up the pit. Mm-hmm. And he's going to grow physically as well. He's already pretty physically good for a buy of his age. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably, he'll probably end up being around six foot three and he'll fill out. Um, to be fair, I think Bellingham, He's going. Dortmund are interested. Man United are interested. A lot of clubs are interested, and I think for twenty five million, you could do a lot worse. Because I think in five years, he'll be worth more than that. Yeah. All right. So you're saying for three signings, we've gone with Malang Sar, Thomas Partey, and Jude Bellingham. I think Jude Bellingham is a lot better than what. I think that I think I like the Jude Bellingham shout because I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, So Max, in terms of priority positions for you. You've gone yeah. centre back, defensive midfielder, and uh, attacking midfielder. So, who do you want in those three positions? I think defensive midfielder again would have to be Party. Yep. I, I think there's no, there's no, there's, you know, there's no saying that he shouldn't and couldn't. Like, I think you, you know, we have the funds to bring him in. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think centre back is a little bit hard that because, as Tom said, if if Mary does play well, then you know because it, it, we have got Saliba coming in. Yeah. So it, that kind of knocks off the priority position. But if Mary isn't playing that well and he's a bit, you know, kind of it's just a bit average, mm-hmm. then then I would I probably bring in this. Um, I don't know about this, this sassy guy because he's really young and then Saliba's quite young mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So that might be. I, I think that would be a bit of a problem. I'd love Upamancano, but like realistically, that is not going to happen. Yep. So I don't think Upamancano will be able. I'm just trying to. I, I'd say I'd probably go like Mings. Yes. Yeah. I think Mings would be a very good shout, and he'd be quite cheap. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like if Villa if if Villa go down, he would be quite cheap. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then striker. I think striker. Striker. What about what about? Uh, I thought you said attacking midfield. Oh, attacking midfield. Yeah. yeah. Well. The problem is like the the amount of cams there are. Like there, I mean, there's like Grealish. There's I don't know. There's there's um what the guy's name from Bournemouth. What's the guy? From, the young lad from David Bournemouth. Brooks. Yeah, David Brooks. He was quite good. That would be a yeah. shout. 
because if I'm they happy. if they go down as well exactly I think that David Brooks was really got injured uh, I think early this season yeah. but last season and the start of this season he was playing really really well mm-hmm. and he would not be expensive whatsoever mm-hmm. so I especially think David, if they go down yeah David Brooks David Brooks would be I think David Brooks would be a good shout mm-hmm. um, I don't know I'm trying to the fact is yeah whilst um, whilst it may sound underwhelming me and Matt Suggett and David Brooks Drew Bellingham the fact is also I'm not going to have a lot of money to play with yeah yeah, it's... so we're not able to bring in a world class player in three of them positions. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I, yeah. one of those positions, and, and I think Thomas Partey is the guy you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Already in the team right now. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's worth a gamble. David Brooks. It's a worth it's worth a gamble for me as well. Mm. And still remember, Arsenal have been also have cut players' wages, and if they're if they're spending like two hundred million, let's say it's going to happen. But say they did go out and spend that. Some of the players are going to think if you can spend fifty million on a new superstar signing, why can't you pay my wages? You know, what I yeah. Mean? yeah. I can't discontent. I said it in the Tottenham as well. Yeah. So, for me, I think I'm kind of part of the Malang Sar like lover group. You know that me and Tom have like started. <laughs> um, but I don't know if I don't know where he's going to go because he hasn't been linked at all to Arsenal. Like I haven't seen him linked to Arsenal. Um, I think it makes sense though. It makes the- no. It makes. It makes perfect. It makes perfect sense, but that's part of the problem already. Arsenal don't make transfers that make sense. So, I actually think as well the 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 Reams guy, Desassi, um, would be a decent option because if you bring him in, but I think if you bring him in, he's French, young French guy, could play with Saliba maybe. But Reams as well, they've conceded the least. That it's either the least or the second least goals in League One. Um, which, you know, a lot of people like to say Farmers League or whatever, but it's quite a high-scoring league. Um, and to concede the least goals, and they've got a very... They've got an extremely great defence, and he's been pivotal to that. So, and for 15 million, again, I kind of agree, and I say what it's worth a gamble. Um, you could do a lot worse. So I would either go with Saar or De Sassi at centre-back. Then defensive midfield party, we don't really need to discuss. I just think in terms of other options, I mentioned... Angisa in the Tottenham one, I would say Angisa maybe for Arsenal as well. But and then in terms of CDMs, maybe look at Calvin Phillips from the Championship if Leeds if yeah, Leeds if Leeds yeah. weren't to go up, yeah. If if Leeds weren't to go up, then maybe look at Calvin Phillips. But I think if they do go up, he stays. Yeah. In terms of another midfielder, I just don't. I think the problem with Jude Bellingham is yeah, and this is where I say my piece on Jude Bellingham. Yeah. So. Jude Bellingham is has been very good for a 16-year-old. He has not been standout for a normal player. Yeah. So he has been at the level of an average championship midfielder at 16, which suggests he'll be very, very good in the future. It's like 32 games, four goals, three assists, something like that. And he's been good in Birmingham's midfield. And he's been a shining light in a bad season. But do I think he's ready to start for Arsenal next year? Not a chance. No. And I think you need someone who's going to come in and hit the ground running in that midfield position. Yeah. Especially especially if you're spending 25, 30 million on him. He needs to be yeah. starting. I think for 30 million, like, John McGinn is a, te- is a much better option. Especially yeah. if you want a centre mid who can play box to box. I think John McGinn is just, is going to be so reliable um, before before his injury this season with Villa, he would play. He played every game under the sun. The fittest bloke on the planet. Like genuinely, he could run for he could run for days, 
can get a goal, get an assist. Like, I think John McGinn would be a no-brainer if if he was put up against Bellingham. In my opinion, I'm saying John McGinn every day of the week for 30 yeah. million. I, I do like the John mm. McGinn shout as well. John McGinn's yeah. very good. Yeah. But I don't know. There's something about Matthew Bellingham which I just think he actually is really good. I don't know. I think you sort of know what you're going to get with John McGinn. You're not getting a world class player, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can. De- you're going to definitely get that with Jude Bellingham in yeah. four or five years' time. But mm-hmm. I think it's worth a gamble because you sort of know what you can get with John McGinn. I think it's and- worth a gamble if you're a cash rich club, but you are not a cash rich club at this moment yeah. in time. And I think if you guys want to be aiming for the top four next year, yeah. Then you need you need someone like John McGinn to be able to come in and hit the ground running. Um, yeah. I don't know John McGinn. Like I like John McGinn a lot, but I don't think he makes us a lot better. I don't think he makes us a lot better. Well, I think we'll get we, you know we'll get into that. And this you know this podcast has been very very long. We've still got a couple more things that we want to touch on. Um, so, in terms of I so I would I would probably go with De Sassi at centre back. I'd go with Partey. And then maybe John McGinn, but even then, that's stretching the budget maybe a little. So if it's a choice for me between you know getting McGinn or getting DeSassi, um, and like getting McGinn and Saar or getting DeSassi and nobody else, then I'm going with McGinn and Saar. So I would go Saar, McGinn, and Party, and then work out what the fuck happens with Aubameyang and Lacazette when it comes to it. Like I think something that Arsenal needs to really nail down though. Perhaps even like I know David Orson's come out and report that contract extensions is the priority, and we sort of touched on this last week. The reason we aren't doing what Chelsea did and what Liverpool did a few years ago because we haven't been signing people up to long contracts and yeah. them for Matt So <laughs> we've sent Ramsey for nothing. We've yeah. got rid of Sanchez for Mkhitaryan, which is you know, basically nothing. One of the worst, one of the worst deals in history. Because, but also you got offered sixty million in the summer, and Wenger turned it down. Yeah, sixty million, and then you ended up getting nothing in Mkhitaryan. So you see how Liverpool sold Coutinho and they sold Hazard, and Chelsea sold Hazard, and now they're investing into quality proven world world class, all of them, but quality proven players that come in and improve their team right now. Yeah, and I do not want to see Aubameyang go for free. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst we might not be able to sell him for like, I, to be fair, I said sell him last time, and I got a lot of sip for that. But, but I swear, Lacko's only got a year left as well. Lacko's got this year, two years left. But, so after this, he's got two years left. But I thought, I, I don't. When did he sign That's a new five deal? Year. Got a five year oh, he got a five-year deal. Yeah. Yeah. But who even and left, left the priority? But it's Bakayo Saka <laughs> and Aubameyang, which <laughs> are the priorities in terms of contract oh, extension. Forget about Saka. Yeah. In terms of contract extension, oh, you can't let Saka go. That would be devastating, like yeah. absolutely devastating. Trust I, me, yeah. yeah. We need to get them contracts up down because if we'd sold the players that we had for their match fee, so Ramsey, we probably could have got about fifty to sixty million. Yeah. Sanchez, if we sold him at his prime, we could have got about eight million. Yeah. Oh, uh, we yeah. probably could have got about fifty million, and then mm-hmm. that would have been about about one hundred eighty million that you could have put up his table. Yeah. yeah, but even 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 some of the players like the guys like I I you know this might sound a bit crazy but people like Francis Coquelin and like Danny yeah. Welbeck's people like these guys I know I know Welbeck was out of contract but Liverpool yeah what they've been doing and to an extent you did this with Awobi and Oxlade Chamberlain Oxlade yeah. Chamberlain you probably got a fair price for Awobi they yeah. Everton probably over <laughs> Everton probably. Yeah. 40 million for Alex yeah. Awobi. Everton, Everton probably overpaid for Awobi, but 
With Liverpool, they got 19 million for Dominic Solanke before he'd when he'd scored one goal in professional football. Like it was those kind of sales. They sold Danny Ward, who was their backup keeper for about six years, for 12 million to Leicester, and he's barely played for Leicester. The Jordan Ibe, 15 million. Like, do you know what I mean? If, Danny Ings. Yeah, Danny Ings. Yeah, Danny Ings for 30. It's like these kind of sales. Arsenal haven't been making because they haven't had guys on long-term deals and it's like Welbeck even though like Welbeck is you know injury prone and everything you could have maybe got 20 for Welbeck if you had him on a con if you had him like with two years yeah. left the same way that with like Francis Coquelin or even like people like Laurent Koscielny like these guys were managed so poorly that they let their deals run down and they were left with you know left to go with nothing and uh, but some of the recruitment over the years at Arsenal has just been absolutely dire, like com- yeah. dreadful. Um, yeah. But it looks like it could be on the up with Edu and Raul and, you know. But even then, I think last summer's recruitment was really poor. Like, it might look... It will look good in a few years' time, to be fair. But maybe not last summer, actually. I mean the summer before, sorry. Yeah, which yeah, was yeah. kind of... Which was kind of... That yeah, wasn't... No. Signing, but Leno was a good signing, but yeah. Torreira was, you know, probably poor judgment. Um, yeah. Lichsteiner, I mean, what the bloody hell was that? Like, <laughs> um, there's just yeah, yeah, there's so many forgettable Arsenal players. And think like, about some of the guys you've been linked with as well in the past. Like, like remember when Emery was doing everything he could to get Ava Benega and then Zonzi and like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> One thing I will praise, though, one thing I will praise for the Arsenal board is, like, if we sell Torreira now, we m- we'll probably get more than £26 million, which is what we paid for him. Yeah. If we do sell Ganduzi, which has been rumoured, we're definitely getting more than £7 million, Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. What we paid for him. So we're looking at signings that, you know, we're getting more than what we bought them for, which yeah. is better business than what we were doing. And and Torreira is uh, Torreira's on, a, like, a relatively low wage, so he'll be able, yeah. he'll be easy to offload. Same way that Gwendouzi is on a relatively low wage, he'll be easy to offload. Yeah. I prob- would like to get rid of Gwendouzi, though. Yeah. Like, I think I'd, 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 no, I would, I would like to keep, as a yeah. neutral looking in, I'd like to keep Gwendouzi if I was an Arsenal fan, because I think he's got, yeah. he's got, potential but also yeah. it's kind of come out of nowhere that Arteta is like unhappy with him do you know what I mean Tom yeah yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't um, say I'm selling him but if it's if the rumours are true that Arteta is looking to get rid of Genduzi, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is we'll get a lot more than what we yeah. paid for yeah 100% which, yeah. which is better business mm-hmm. than what we were doing before I mean how much do you think you could get for Guendouzi probably like what 35 million yeah maybe? probably about I'd say about 35 yeah I yeah mean, and that's what that's like 30 million profit yeah I thought so. I thought Tom said 85 for a second I was about to like <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you could get 30 35 definitely PSG yeah. were PSG were interested before I think a French I think PSG would be willing to take a gamble on him they've got so much they've got so much money that they could buy him and you yeah. know like would you take Thiago Silva or Willian? No. No, absolutely not. Neither of them. Not Thiago Silva. No. Thiago Silva's 35 years old. On a one-year contract. Thiago Silva has proper defending week in, week out since he joined PSG. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think that's harsh. I'm saying, what about... Because the league one, you don't do, like... Especially when you're PSG, you're not defending against proper teams week in, week out. So why why are we looking at two centre-backs from Ligue 1 then? No, because they're young players. And, they <laughs> and they're at the top, top team. Yeah. 
No, I'm. Um, they're not doing much defending but every week. Thiago Silva on a year deal to, you know, welcome Saliba, to give him someone to play alongside who's really experienced. No, no it'll, it'll, Trust me, that'll go badly. What? Yeah. No Willian either? No Willian? No. Well, you've, got, you've got Pepe who's good in that position, right wing. Yeah. Well, he's not been amazing this season, but I can see him getting better. And we've got Reese Nelson who can play on the wing. Martin yeah. Eddie can play on the wing. Saka can play on the wing. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't need to bring another one. Ryan Fraser? I don't think. No. Nah, there's a that's right, one season wonder. Alright. So none of the none of the freebies, apart from Malang Sar. Yeah. Apart from that, no. So the thing about uh, <laughs> young players as well, I like that Arteta is there for these young players because one yeah. thing I've seen about Arteta is that man management is something he's quite strong with. Yeah. And um so if he's moulding these players into sort of the players he wants, and even though these players will be getting a lot of stick. I think Arteta can keep their morale high and he knows how to... Like, he's seen Pep Guardiola's notoriously quite a good man-manager. So, um, yeah. I think if he's learning off Pep and he can sort of yeah. the sort of start onto the type of players we have in our dressing room. But I do think we need some more leaders, but David Luiz can be that sort of guy. Yeah, I think that was that was like one of my... like That's what I've liked about Arte, under Arteta. I think that he's like he's been willing to give young players a chance like Martinelli and Saka. But... You know, I think that Anikea. Yeah, Anikea. And but I think a lot of that has been overshadowed. I think one of the one of more my annoying more annoying things was that he's focused so much on uh getting the defense right that the attack suffered. I think the, the attacks really suffered. Yeah. Like we have yeah. really suffered in attack like got players like Aubameyang who kind of mm. feed, can, can feed off scraps so I can understand why he's done that and Aubameyang's yeah. scoring goal is pretty much feeding off scraps like his XG's gone down but his scoring rates actually pretty much stayed the same so whilst Aubameyang is feeding off scraps and we have him I don't mind him playing defence that much yeah I think you know also like obviously our Europa League exit was awful oh, and like that you know that's just kind of re- they've really shot themselves in the foot um, and you know I mean again like that's again like we've had seven out of 13, I think it's seven out of thirteen wins this so far like under Arteta, which which is all right. But I think I, don't, I just don't know. I don't. I, I still think like there there is so much work to do. Arsenal. That's yeah, the it's, it's, a long, it's a long term vision. I think I think so. Vision. If I'm conscious that this podcast could be you know over two hours, um, <laughs> so I guess I've got two final questions for both of you. Um, which would be, where do we see Arsenal? How do we see Arsenal finishing this season? And also, not to forget, you guys are in an FA Cup quarter final. Um, yeah. And where do we see Arsenal next season? And what would be, I guess, so where do we see them finishing this season? Where do we see them finishing next season? And what would the starting 11 next season look like? So I'll start with Max. Um, I don't know. I don't have much expectations for the rest of this season, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, I, I like we're, we're not going to get top four. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's absolutely no chance that's happening. So, I think our best bet is we'll probably sneak into the Europa. I, I, I don't even know. But yeah. I, I think we'll probably get Europa League. Um, I think FA Cup depends. We could go. We like we, We've won the FA Cup so many times. We could we could go quite far in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, but and then I don't know for next season. I, I don't know. I, like I think, as I said, it will take it will take several transfer windows and several years for Arteta to kind of build his team. Yeah. And 
I think, like as I said, it, it, that kind of links into like what Man United have done. You know, Barcelona are kind of rebuilding. Same with like Real. Yeah. Like a lot of teams at the moment are trying to focus on rebuilding. So I think Arsenal. You know, like Liverpool. You know, Liverpool. It took Klopp what like four years, yeah, three or four years to properly challenge. So I think it will take Arteta quite a long time. So I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't see much change next season unless we get kind of, if we get maybe party and like a centre-back, I think that would be very good. And we could, again, top four though is, you know, is a real struggle now because Man United are massively improving. Um, Chelsea. Chelsea, you've got Ziyech and Werner. Like it's like, so I think it will be a lot harder next season. So I, I see us about the same position. Yeah, and what would be the what would be the starting eleven for you? Um, I mean, I can give you my starting eleven for the Man City game. Um, what I mean, uh, I mean more like I mean more like next season. Oh, next season, yeah. next season. Well, I'd, I'd say I'd start say say with Leno. Yeah. Um, I'd go Saliba and well, if Mary's good enough, Mary. Uh, if not, hopefully like a De Sassi or something like that. Yep. I'd go Tierney. Yep. Um. If if Bellerin leaves and like Maitland Knowles as well, I'd yeah. get Aaron's in. So I'd yeah, get Aaron's at right. I think back. that's reasonable. Um, yeah. I mean, the likelihood of us getting rid of Shaka is very slim. Yeah, so I'd probably keep him in there. Uh, although I don't want him to. Torreira can get binned and put party there. Yeah. Think, uh, what formation uh, are we saying? A four three three or four two three one? I mean, we'll just stick to four two three one because yep. that's what Arteta likes to yeah. play. So Jacker and party in a two. Yeah, and then I'd probably say as that kind of cam, like I, I mean, Sabios if he's doing well, but if not, Sabios is going back to Real Madrid. Though, yeah, he? exactly. So he's going back. So we probably like another cam mm-hmm. there. I don't know who that will be. Yeah. Um, maybe Willock if he's doing well because he he does look like he's playing relatively well. Yeah. Um, and or, then I'd go. Yeah. I'd go Pepe on the right. Yeah. I'd go Martinelli on the left and Aubameyang up front. Sound. Tom. How do we finish this season? Um, where next season? Starting eleven next season. All right. So this season for the remainder, I don't expect too much. I'm hoping we. I've, I expect us to finish in that sort of ninth, seventh range. Mm-hmm. But so we've got to look at. Whilst we've got to look forward to the Champions League and try and get, we're not too far away from the Champions League. But I don't see us being consistent enough to get there. But uh, we also got to look over our shoulders because Burnley, Crystal Palace, and Everton are right on our tail. I'm not yeah. Gonna lie. Mm-hmm. So, as much as we could finish like sixth or fifth this year, we could also finish twelfth. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've got to watch out for that. I don't see much. I've, I expect us to finish ninth to seventh for this season. I'll be shocked if we won the FA Cup. Man City are still in it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, they've yeah. been winning it every year. But even so, and you've got Sheffield United in the quarter final, which isn't even that's not. Sheffield United. Yeah. I'll be. I'd be shocked if we actually won the FA yeah. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. And then for next season, depends on whether we keep Aubameyang. Because if we make the signings I said, and then also keep Aubameyang, I can see us finishing like challenging top four. But I don't think we'll get there. Yeah. If we finish Aubameyang, we'll be pretty much as bad as we are this season. Potentially yeah. worse. So what would your starting eleven be then next season? Next season, I'd go with Leno in goal. I'd give Bellerin another year at right back, but I think we're probably going to need another right back soon. Yeah. And then centre backs, I'd go Saliba, and then I'd sort of rotate around David Luiz and Malin Sarr, Pablo Mari. Yeah. And then left back Kieran Tierney. Get, I think Kieran Tierney's quality player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, from what we've seen, we haven't seen much, but I think he's quite, uh, he's, he's, he's he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Strong, good delivery, very good player, and I think he can sort of mould him into a leader as well. Kieran Tierney. He's already a leader. 
the dressing room of Arsenal. He won't be a leader in there right now. Mate, but, there's um, no leaders in that dressing room. Tierney's like Tierney's probably one of the most successful players in that dressing room. He's played <laughs> no, like genuinely, Tierney's Tierney's played Tierney's. Tierney's won titles and played in high-pressure finals. Like, has anyone in that Arsenal dressing room done that, apart from David Luiz? <laughs> no. Um, all right, midfield, though. I'd go Partey to significantly, significantly improve that midfield. Yeah. I'd put Xhaka next to him for now, because Xhaka's proven that. I think Xhaka's been okay this season. Yeah. I don't expect him to carry that form, but mm-hmm. he'll have spurts of form next season where he's good. So I'd do Partey and Xhaka, and then I'd rotate around Willock, um, Bellingham and Ozil for next season. What about ESR, Emil Smith-Rowe? Smith-Rowe, I, I think he would benefit from another bonus Smith-Rowe, but if we don't, then we could put him in that in there every now and then as well. Yeah. Then front three, I'd go Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe, or with Aubameyang off the left and Pepe off the right. Yeah, and... Yeah. And then Martinelli playing a lot of games as well. And Saka playing a lot of games? Saka playing a lot of games as well. Saka can, for, can provide left-back cover as well, though. So left-back yeah. and win cover for the K so. I yep. think, do you know what I think though? Like, it's it's just realizing as well. If you don't get if if Aubameyang goes, we are screwed. <laughs> or if you don't get Partey, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. and yeah. also. Of course, Aubameyang and didn't get Partey. Yeah. It, it would but be also, just, just, it would just be yeah. a very similar season to this. Yeah. Like, but I just don't yeah. see us improving if yeah. we don't. And also, I think another factor again is Deadwood. Yeah. Arsenal have literally so much. You know, Liverpool cleared out. Man United cleared out. You know, we we need to just clear out so many players, get them off the wage bill. Do you know? An, get... Do you know another problem as well is if Saliba doesn't hit the ground running, like because everyone's expected. Well, not everybody, but a lot of fans are kind of talking about how Saliba coming in will make a big difference, and it could. But if Saliba doesn't hit the ground running, or if Saliba turns out to not actually be that good, then it's back to square one in a sense at the back. Like, yeah. but you know. Let's say, you know, for, for hopefully for the sanity of Arsenal fans' sake that Saliba hits the ground running, I would say, you know, my 11 would kind of be Leno, Bellerin, Saliba, De Sassi or Saar, Tierney. I would rather see a 4-3-3, but I think that's maybe a bit unlikely. So going with a 4-2-3-1, it would be Xhaka and Partey. I would still probably have Ozil in front and then... If we're talking about maybe having another midfielder, we could maybe have John McGinn instead of Xhaka. Um, so McGinn, Partey, Ozil in front. Then the left, I would say, I'd be tempted to maybe go with Saka or Martinelli, Aubameyang up front and Pepe off the right. But I think Aubameyang's actually done really well off the left under Arteta. So yes. I would say give Lacazette another chance, rotate him around with Enketiar and Martinelli because I think Martinelli is really good in the hole like as, yeah. as a striker. So do that. And, you know, hopefully you can challenge for the top four. I'd like to see Arteta do well. I'd like to see Arsenal back in business. Um, and, you know, just for the good of the Premier League, I think they are in, you know, them and Tottenham are in pretty bad states compared to the rest of the traditional top six. Um, but, you know, this episode was an absolute privilege. I'm so glad we had you on, Max. Um, great. I'm glad to be here. Glad, yeah. glad to and, and I am sure we will see a bit more of... Max in series two of the podcast because we're kind of switching up the approach a bit. We're going to talk about things other than just football. Um, we're still talking about football, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll have Max on again in the near future. Sounds brilliant. Yeah, and if you're, if you're still listening to this right now, like get in touch if you want to come on the podcast and be guest. 
so. yeah exactly because if you're still listening to this now like you you're know a true fan. yeah me and tom me and tom don't ever listen to the podcast and you know if we did we wouldn't make it this far so <laughs> um but yeah it's been i think you know speaking from personal experience doing this podcast for the first kind of 10 episodes has been great fun and yeah, you know same. and it's been it's you know we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it so i guess we'll wrap it up and you know we'll we'll talk to you guys soon we'll be back with more content for series two sending suggestions whatever give us feedback um and yeah thank you for listening goodbye